Live from your mother's basement, it's the Nerd Rage Podcast with your host, <laughs> with your host Adam and Bobby Skullface. Hey man, I still need to find myself a nickname. You do, you do. I was gonna do like a 40k reference, but it's like you know, if they want to listen to 40k shit, they can go fucking listen to Beer and Boulders. Right. I mean? So you guys might recognize us from the adult film industry. You might also recognize us from the Shattered Cast Uncut Transformers podcast and the Beer and Boulders 40k. Warhammer 40k podcast, or Warhammer right. 40,000, Warhammer 40,000, whatever the fuck you want to call it. And uh, Bobby and I, uh, if you guys haven't heard before, you can probably guess we've known each other for a good long while. We've been, did we just become best friends like 25 years ago? Yeah, I pretty so. much. I think it was sixth six grade. Something like that. So <clears> we, how old are you in sixth grade? How old is a person? I, gotta like, I think it's like 11. All right. Yeah, yeah man. So yeah, we're, we're, we're almost there. Yeah. Almost there. I didn't miss your, your uh, 11th birthday. Twelfth birthday, and your mom never uh, never forgave me for that one. No, no, but she she's done pl- she's done she's done plenty of unforgivable things herself. So I don't. Know. Uh, well, the uh, I guess, dude, do you want to explain how the goal of this podcast, like why we're doing this, and where we're yes. going to take, take the friends? I will. So, um, the two of us have known each other for a long time, and we've been in multiple fandoms. We have we actually have some credentials to, to do this sort of a thing. We're not just um, we're not schmucks. just totally schmucks. Um, We've uh, we've been into this since the early '90s, at, 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 at on, on a serious level, and then even prior to that, on a like a kid level, and uh, we have like kind of focuses now. Like Adam does a lot of like 40k like Games Workshop stuff, and I do a lot of Transformer related stuff, mainly within the the third party realm of Transformers. If you know anything about that, which is its own beast and nightmare. Yes. Um, yes. And anyway, so. I would make guest appearances on his uh, 40K podcast, Beers and Bolters, and the, the most recent one that I did, we ended up talking about um, comics, like a, a good deal, and comic book movies, and upcoming comic book movies, and so on and so forth. It's been a slow news month for the Games Workshop world for 40K. There you have it. <laughs> and um, I, they're, they're too busy counting all that money right now. They'll get back when they... When they I know, right? Um, but, so anyway, uh, comic book dork, if you if you don't know him, you should check him out on Facebook. He has a Facebook page that you should like, and he's, he's a, you know, he does this thing in the combo community. He actually listens to both shows, and he wrote me privately and said, you know, Adam should do a, a comic book, like pop culture-related podcast. And what was funny is Adam and I had kind of been talking about that kind of a thing for a while and even took a stab at it a while back. On- yeah, I th- you know, we, we've both been on multiple podcasts in the past, both kind of like, you know, professional and are just kind of a hobby and was it about two years ago i want to say yeah i think so yeah about two years ago we had a uh we gave it a try we knocked out two or three shows but our conflicts were really in flux right then and we just couldn't link up to get everything squared away um and i think at that time i was just i was starting to get back into 40k pretty heavy you were starting to get the transformers pretty heavy and we kind of just wanted to focus on those aspects of the fandom um, and I think we both kind of stepped back from the comic books for a while. I mean, me more than you. you you've still been pretty consistent. Um, yeah, but, but I, even, I, even I, New 52 sent me back up a step or two. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that, and we're going to discuss that, that kind of like where how New 52 has kind of, you know, has started a new group of, of fans and, and rebooted the, the franchises so a little bit more relatable and remote, more approachable by, by the younger crowd. But it, in a way, it has 
had its ad- adverse effects on the older fandom. Yeah. Um, and that's the kind of stuff that we're going to talk about. But yeah, you know, we, we, we like a, a plethora of different, you know, nerve-related stuff. Um, we don't want to limit it to just, uh, you know, the other things that we're into. But, you know, the nerd culture right now is so prevalent in pop culture. It's it's like, it's the new chic. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, you know, now, you know, nobody's sitting around talking about baseball anymore. Everybody's sitting around talking about Marvel, you know, cinematic universe. Um, that makes us hipster nerds. I know. Because we're elitist, aren't we? We're also elitist. Uh, you're, <laughs> you're, you're, I think you're more of an elitist than I am. But, but, uh, that's the exact thing an elitist would say. <laughs> that's true, too. I guess. Um, but uh, I think that we're, we're, you know, we were into it before it was cool. Uh, we were into it when you were ridiculed. And now, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and now you're definitely not ridiculed. Like, yeah. You know, it's the jocks and shit like that that go see that stuff on Friday night with, you know, cheerleaders absolutely absolutely um so just to give you guys a little bit of background on us uh and what we're into i would you know and we'll kind of bounce off here i think we're both pretty solid star wars fans yes we're both pretty much on the same level of disappointment with the the new the part one two and three i think think, that you're way more disappointed than i am yeah i'm I'm way more critical (laughs) way more critical you know but uh, you know, I think I, I think I did see the light on episode one before you. But uh, oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, we're both uh, excited about J.J. Abrams. Yes. And we're, we both like the J.J. Abrams Star Trek. I am I am though a, a Star Trek fan uh, before that, but I'm I am a Star Trek fan that actually likes J.J. Abrams, and I'm not like a pure Trekkie. I just enjoy you know mainly the Next Generation and all you know Voyager and Deep Space Nine. In that you know kind of focus, um, but uh, you know, you know, Kirk's a cool guy as well. I think that uh, the main focus of our, our nerddom though is kind of the the Marvel DC, and we're kind of going to get into that. It's, it's definitely like you know the 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 black hole at the center of the universe. Absolutely, everything's spinning around it, brother. Exactly. Um, I think that we're both kind of uh, cinematic guys. We both like good film, um, not just comic book film, but we know. We will we will have a philosophical conversation about Scorsese and and uh, how perfect his uh, knowledge of New York City is. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, we'll we'll talk about what's wrong and what didn't work with uh, Spider-Man Three. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's going to be a lengthy podcast that episode. Oh man, dude! If we I, I don't even, I don't even know if Spider-Man Three deserves an hour or two hour podcast. I mean, <laughs> can we just like can we just like erase that like Back to the Future? You know? Maybe we could talk about all. Like that, that's another thing why we kind of wanted to do this is because like we both we both work with, with multiple podcasts and in some capacity and and all of those podcasts have like some sort of like responsibility um, to people because they've they've become like their own machine and we kind of wanted to start fresh and and have like have our kind of plan be lack of a plan yeah so that we Absolutely. always had the freedom so that if we wanted to talk about you know uh, a movie that had nothing to you know like if interstellar 2 came out we could just talk a whole episode oh, yeah. about interstellar 2 it wouldn't feel like we were letting down a core group of fans like we're letting you know right now don't have any sort of expectations <laughs> um if you want to yeah if you want to hear painting tips or how to build models or, or army lists yeah go listen to go listen to beer and bolters and if you if you want to know what the next great third party stuff is and and hear and hear bobby and oscar go at it with funny voices uh you know old-fashioned hasbro yeah, yeah. Go, go to, go to Shatteredcast. Um, of course, you know I, I will expect that there's probably gonna be voices on this podcast as well. 
Um, and we'll discuss stuff here, like, you know, like if, if something big toy or hobby comes out related, you know, like after our New York Toy Fair or SDCC or yeah. something like that. Like, sure. we're, we're obviously going to discuss it here. The Star Wars Midnight Madness or whatever is, is next week. So I'm sure we'll be talking about that soon. And I got to check my work schedule, man, and see if I can hit that with you. You're off, right? Yeah, yeah, I'll be there. It's actually my kid's birthday. So uh, happy birthday. You get an absent father. <laughs> Hey, it's for the it's for the good of the culture. You know, it's for the good of the culture. Yeah. Um, and just to kind of go through our our other kind of you know, big, I'm a big Back to the Future guy, big Indiana Jones guy. Um, we'll also talk about the heyday of kind of 1980s cartoons, where we fully admit that the marketing and brainwashing of us did happen. We embrace it and realize that we're probably the le- it's probably never going to happen to another generation like it happened to us. We've discussed that before. You know why? You know we got to uh, have a be raised on thirty-minute commercials um, that also had good stories, though, and those characters indeed, and and, the, and, and, and good characters. Some and then the kind of the bravery to have like super well-developed characters, and then characters hardly developed at all. Yeah. You know, and, and acting like within the same little space simultaneously. It's, it's, it sounds ridiculous, but it, it's what made a lot of that fun. Yeah. So, any with that said. Uh, what, what do you want to start with off first, man? I guess let's start off with our uh, like our early fandoms. Okay. So let me ask you, like, what was the first? I'm asking you, like, I don't know, but like, what was the first fandom that you remember being involved in at any level, whether it's buying merchandise or watching the show or movie or whatever? Over and over? I have a uh, I have a very strong uh, memory of watching an episode of He Man uh, at my babysitter's, and I remember. You know, this is when we, I lived with my grandmother when I was younger, and I remember getting a Pop Tart. And, and like, if those of you guys don't know, I don't know what was in Pop Tarts in like the early '80s, but like once you threw those bastards in the toaster, they would stay hot for like eight hours. Like you cannot eat a Pop Tart without burning your your fucking mouth, and it's going to be important to the story. So I remember going and watching He Man and plugging for the TV. And as soon as I like went for the TV, it was like on like a little table, and I was standing up like three inches from it. You know, the He-Man cartoon came on. I remember him sitting in front of a giant, like, skull castle, power grave skull, and turning to He-Man. I'm like, and I'm looking around. I'm like, what is this? This is this is amazing. Um, and I remember that Pop-Tart, like, burning my mouth. That's what I was trying to eat it there. And so I was big into He-Man. Uh, of course, very big into, into Transformers as well. Um, but the funny thing about my, my grandmother is I was the oldest of my family, but I had two older cousins. And so my grandmother... You know, she was very generous with the toys, but she was very funny about buying toys twice. So if my cousins had it, she wasn't buying it for me. You know what I mean? Right. So my older cousins got like the first the first wave of Transformers. You know, I didn't really get any Transformers until like, you know, and I never got a Prime. I never got a, a Megatron. I you know I got a Hot Rod. You know what I mean? So it was like after '85 that I really started getting Transformers. But my my earliest recollection is a He-Man. Um, my first transformer I got was Ratchet, so I did get a Ratchet, but I was I was so thoroughly disappointed. <laughs> the head in the glass. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. You didn't like that? No nah, man, I didn't like that. It wasn't even a head. It was just like, it was just a it was like a face on the back of a seat. It's fucking it's like horrible. An old computer face. It's horrible, man. And I'm like, where's his it head? It's really bad. It's, it's really. You bad. Know, and I was disappointed it make the it didn't make the sound of transformer by itself because you know when you're a kid that's what you think is going to happen. Think it's that sound. But I I also thought the world was. Uh, was black and white back in the day because it was black and white TV. So you know, I asked my mom one time, when did, when did color happen? <laughs> it happened in her lifetime. 
anyway, um, so yeah, He-Man, I loved He-Man back in the day. I really like Transformers. The problem with He-Man, though, is that He-Man didn't have the character drive that Transformers had, so I quickly lost interest in it, uh, even though I had a, I pretty much had all the toys. Um, uh, you know, Thundercats, I was big into Thundercats, uh, but I think that the biggest effect that I had for my young childhood was the Super Friends and the Super Power Toys. Um, you know, I was a huge Superman fan. I mean, you know, that 1978 Superman movie, which was probably the first seriously taken uh, superhero film in existence, right? Well, look, before you get into that so heavy, let's talk about the superpower. Okay. So, like, which did you have? But we'll go one by one and we'll talk about, like, hate, love, hate. Oh, I had, I, I mean, I had Superman, dude. That was probably the first one that I had. I remember the Christmas morning getting it. Is that um, the only one that you had? Oh, no, I had I had him. I had Lex Luthor. You know, uh, you know my, my parents what were was, the um, conclusion. What was Superman's? Squeeze his legs together and he punches, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dude, and I, I want to say Aquaman it was either a wind up his legs moved or you squeeze his arms yes, and his legs yes, moved. Yes, yes. I, I think it was a little white dial in the back that you wound up and you let it go and his feet like because he was like it was like it was like he was like kicking in the water oh yeah but i don't think he floated so like so like you put him in the water and he would sink down there and just like you know like kind of spin in a circle inside the the bathtub (laughs) so ridiculous and i remember having the batman and robin now like Batman had the karate chop i think yeah he had the karate chop the down chop robin had the kick Kick. yep you squeeze his arm his kick his leg came up and the Batmobile was badass. Like, I like. Here's the thing. Like, if you guys, I, I will warn you. Who, if you guys just a casual like, like uh, comic book listener, you, you stumbled across this podcast and you haven't looked at those toys forever. Like, one thing I can say is, you know, sometimes the memory of how awesome those are are a hundred times better <laughs> than yeah. how they are. And it's funny because I have like a masterpiece Optimus Prime. In my in my uh, office, and so people come down to my office like, "Oh, sweet, I had that when I was a kid." I was like, "No, you didn't." No, you didn't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're like, "No, I, no, I definitely had this one." I was like, "No." I was like, "No, this dude is the exact same size." I was like, "Dude, listen, I was like, this is a masterpiece. This thing is like, is like at least five times bigger than that when you were a kid, because you're five <laughs> times bigger than you were as a kid." Right. And like, and like, you you, you got to pull, you have to pull it up and like, show them, and they're like, "Oh, fuck, yeah, that's yeah. true, man." Because it's how they see it in their head. That's what's yeah. awesome about a lot of those like classics lines too. Like, so I think I think the super powered cartoon. So, okay. super I'm, I'm going to go through them one by one. Okay. Oh, you, do you have the list pulled up? Yeah. Oh fuck. So, I, I, I this is Superman. this is unscripted. So yeah, go, go, I'll, I'll, I'll go through the list. Go ahead. I had man. Superman, Batman, and Robin as well. Yep, had them. Um, uh, did you have Green Lantern? Yes. I had Green Lantern. He came with a little lantern accessory. Yeah, and then he had like the like the white the white gloves that got scratched up. Yes. Yep. And, but I will say that he was my favorite. He was my favorite of all the superpowered toys. Because, like, I didn't even know anything about Green Lantern at the time, but there was no gimmick. The gimmick was the accessory. Yeah. So, like, he was a lot more fun to play with. Like, like you know, those, like, wind-up action features that, like, Superman and Batman and Robin had, like, you know, it, it got hard to, like, carry out your, like, actions with them. Because, like, you know, they, like, either click at 90-degree angle or click back down at a 90-degree angle. Like, pain in the ass. Yeah. Yep. Um, Flash. Yep. Yep, I had him, too. He had the wind-up arms, right? Did he have one up arms or did his legs move? Oh, I can't remember, man. His legs did move. I can't remember either. And then there was Hawkman. <clears throat> uh, I had him with his I had wings. Too. Yep, he had the wings. Um, and then there was Wonder Woman. 
She had a lasso, right? Not, I, I don't know if I had – you know, actually, I think I did have Wonder Woman. I do remember like a string lasso. And I'm going to get ahead saying that I had Wonder Woman, but she probably didn't get that much play. Yeah, I had her too. Um, Red Tornado, never had him. I had him? His his waist spun around, right? Yeah, he was dumb. Uh, Martian Manhunter, I never had him. Uh, I think my brother had him. Do you remember his gimmick? I, no, I don't think he had one. Firestorm, I never had him. I had him. Green Arrow, I never had him. Um, I had him. Damn, man. Oh, yeah, man. I, I, yeah, I was, I'd was. i had the Penguin. I had wait, Lex Luthor. Wait, 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 get there. Dr. <laughs> Fate. I didn't have Dr. Fate. I think I think Steve had Dr. Fate, my cousin. Um, Dark Side. Oh, yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. Dark Side had that big, I think he had a, a light a light piping gimmick in the back of his head. I'm pretty sure that he did. And then uh, uh, Luthor and Power Armor. Well, yep, had Luthor. Had a Luthor vehicle and everything, man. I had him, too. I didn't have the vehicle. And then what looks like Metallo. That, I think it's Cyborg. Really? Yeah. I never had him. I think there was a Cyborg. There was a Penguin. Uh, yeah, okay. Joker was next. Oh, I had Joker. I, I had Joker. A, he had a big-ass hammer. I yeah, he was around. awesome. And I had Penguin also. He had the big umbrella. I had the, the Asian dude. I can't remember, like the samurai guy. Yeah, I see him down there. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know who that character is, I, though. I, I can never remember his name. Oh, no, there is a Cyborg. I'm looking at him now, but there's also a Metallo. Okay. So, uh, I, I did you? I didn't have Metallo or Cyborg. I don't think I did either. And then there was Shazam. I had Shazam. And there's some like super characters that I don't know. And I actually had, I had a Clark Kent too. I specifically remember having a Clark Kent. I don't. That see. was that was because I remember like I had to have one in my pocket before I pulled out the other one. I couldn't have Jim Mister Freeze. Yep. And oh, yeah. I had him too. Uh. He, you could put him in the freezer, right? And his face changed colors? Something like that. He was goofy looking, though. Um, and Plastic Man, I didn't have him. No, didn't have him. And then who's the guy? Uh, who's the guy? He's in Infinite, uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths. He's like, uh, he has like the black and red suit. I think that's him. I could, anyway, those are the big characters. Um, but yeah, okay, go ahead. All right, so, I don't know. Let's we'll keep on going with another toys. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like, uh, so you were saying you had, like, the superpower toys. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, the other big one I had was the Secret Wars. Um, and, yeah, they... Where, where do you... Do you remember buying them? I, no, I remember my mom. I think my mom got... I didn't have many of them. I know I had Spider-Man, and he had the, he had the black... I had the black costume Spider-Man and the, the red costume Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. They all had shields. It was all goofy as hell. Yeah, I remember the shields. The hologram shields. I know I had the Baron Zemo. I had the Doctor Octopus. Um, I want to say I had Magneto. I want to say I had Wolverine for sure because he had these clip-on claws that were really weird. Um, I want to say Kang was in there. Yeah, I got Kang. I got Kang from a garage sale. I like bought like a bunch of like uh, Star Wars figures at the time, and and like they were just like here, just take this too because I couldn't sell the Kang. But I want to say they were all the same mold. They were all the same body. Yeah, I think they have some different heads. I think there's. Yeah, I'm looking at them now. Um, There was Baron Zemo, Captain America, Constrictor. um, I might have had Captain America, man. I can't recall. Daredevil, Doctor Doom, Doctor Octopus, Electro, Falcon, Hobgoblin. I had Hobgoblin. By this research, the Asian guy was was Samurai. Iceman. Yeah, yeah. Super friends. (laughs) 
<laughs> racist. And I want to say there was a Riddler too, man. I'm pretty sure there was a Riddler. So. Yeah, but, there was. There really was. I, I must not have been looking at a complete. I must not have been looking at a complete sheet. Yeah. Um, Kang, Magneto, Spider Man, Spider Man Black, Wolverine, Black Claws, Wolverine, Gray Claws. Oh, kind of. That's all kind of ridiculous uh, variants. Yeah, and then there was multi packs, but yeah, it does look like it's just the same body throughout. So I I I, I want to kind of say that this was probably the first like toy set that was trying to get all the characters in there because of course it was associated with the cartoon, which again was a you know a transition from the comic book into a medium where they can basically make a thirty minute cartoon. I mean a thirty minute advertisement. So it was kind of in the same vein as He Man, in the same vein as Transformers, um, with Thundercats. We'll talk about Thundercats later, but I, I'm I'm you know kind of shocked at the wide range of, of toys that they made for this. Uh, I am too for, pretty, for for both. Yeah, yeah. You know, with, with like you said, without that like big like mass media project behind them, you know. Yeah. Um, it, it does it like because I didn't know who half those Marvel characters were until you know in the elementary school, beginning of middle school. Cause like, I just don't think that at, th- at that age, at that time, which was like 80 to 80, 89, like that era, I just don't think that you were exposed to that many Marvel characters. You were exposed to plenty of Batman characters cause the show was on reruns. Yep. Um, and then everybody knows who Superman is because you live on earth. Yeah. And you know what I mean? And, so, I mean, so like, and, you, had, and you had Batman with Scooby-Doo. You yeah. Know what I mean, you had yep. Adam, Adam West Batman. I mean, it's, there's so much going on there. Um, in, in reference to that, I am looking at the Superman shuttle thing that I know I had, and that looks like some goofy shit, man. God, this stuff was goofy. Yeah, I never had any of the vehicles. I did have the Batcave. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Batmobile was the Batmobile was pretty awesome. It had like the the ram in the front. It had like the the hook in the back that would like trap somebody. So Batcave I was awesome. And I had the Luther the Luther Soar Seven, Lex Luthor's assault ship. And it looks, it's like, it just looks ridiculous, man. <laughs> um, uh, the Hall of Justice looks pretty cool. I never had that one. I man. never had that either. I think that was actually way before my time. Cause I think it's more like mid, uh, yeah, I can imagine. Um, but anyway, so, so go ahead. So that, that, that covers all the comedy stuff. I never had, I never had any of the secret war stuff as a kid. I ended up getting some of it later on. Um, which was actually like it was my first introduction to scale and scale issues, mm-hmm. um, because like I was I was getting the toy biz like five inch figures. Yeah, and um, I remember I got like some of those Secret Wars figures to like fill in some gaps, and I was like, oh, this this is terrible. This will never do. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, go ahead. So I mean, you know, we were pretty. I was pretty big into He Man as well for a while. Like I said before, He Man never really you know kept my attention. Um, but we had, you know, we, we, you know, I was one of, let's see, there was three boys on one side and two boys on the other. And, you know, like I said before, I lived with my grandparents for a while, um, on and off. And when my grandmother did move, uh, she lived right next door to my, my, my aunt and uncle. And so my cousins were there. So even in the summertime and, you know, holiday breaks were over there. So we kind of all, you know, always played together. So, you know, we, having five boys all within, you know, one, one, you know, my one cousin was one year older, another cousin was two years older. My brother was was 
two years younger, and then my other cousin was a year younger than him. You know, we kind of ran the gambit with with any of that stuff. That was all we were into. So we we got to play with all that stuff, and it was it was pretty badass. But one of my favorite, I think, when I recognized like one of the best quality toys was probably Thundercats. And I think like Thundercats was big for me from probably like nine to eleven, I want to say, so into the early nineties. Um, where you know like the Super Friends and He-Man's was probably like the mid, the mid to early '80s. Um, I want to say the Super Friends probably came out in '87, right? You got a, you got a, you got a time on that, man? I do not. I can't remember. But the, we, we might need to do, we might need to do some research. So, um, yeah, for the, no, we're not doing any more research for any more shows. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's 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 funny because uh, you know I'm such a huge Batman fan right now. And with me and my brother, you know, he's he's a he's two and a half years younger than me. Um, you know, I would always get the Superman stuff, and he used to always get the Batman stuff. And uh, you know, so I'd have the Superman costume here, Batman costume for Halloween, you know, because we weren't gonna be the same thing. But I remember after the '89 Batman came out, it was all it was all changed, man. I mean, it was a different type of Batman. You know, we were more grown up, and and that was the second serious superhero film, you know, coming 80, after. It was '84, '85, '86. Super Friends. Yeah, but the superpowers. Yeah, so I was I was four, five, and six, and um, I, I want to say He Man was eighty forty five eighty six as well, right? I'm working on it now. Yeah, Transformers was Transformers was eighty four to eighty nine, but yeah, and I, I don't, you know I don't remember Transformers turning into not being Transformers anymore. At one point they had those those Transformers action, action masters. Masters. Yeah, I had I had, a, I had a few of them. Actually, like it was when I, my my father bought me a few of them. That was at the end of the run, and basically it came with a almost like a GI Joe styled figure. It had those like same ball pins for hips, and it had like a like I think there were swiveled swiveled shoulder joints, and then a swiveled head. And they were all kind and of a they all had like some kind of uh, they had they came with vehicle a, gimmick, right? They came with a vehicle in the vehicle transformers. And that's, yeah, you know that that was how they maintained the gimmick. And and um, my father bought me a few. I saw I had the Devastator, I had the Prowl. And I had Soundwave and Shockwave and Snarl. So whatever they came with, I got that set. Like, got me all those in one clip for whatever reason. And he looked at and Megatron. Megatron came with, like, a tank. Yep. And um, he looked. He took one. And I had Bumblebee, too. I had a lot. Shit. Um, Bumblebee, like, he, he looked at, I think, Megatron's tank and then looked at the, the like, the Action Master robots. And he was like, you're done. Like, he cut me off at Transformers. Like, I think my dad liked Transformers because of, like, the puzzle aspect of them. Yeah. yeah. And um, when, when he realized that, that they had pretty much done away with it, with the exception of the vehicles, which he thought were ridiculous, um, that was it. It was a wrap. Yeah. Hey, man, I, 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 I do feel a little old. I'm here on, like, Google Images right now looking up Superpowers, and I found the Superman action-packed 30th anniversary edition. Adult collectors at the top. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like it's in like the, the the blue with the superpowers and yellow stars shooting out from the center and like the the yellow bar and the red stars you know Mattel it's it's like you know a reimagined in a thirty year anniversary God yeah. fucking losers ah <laughs> uh, was that over the top eighty four <laughs> it was eighty four for human too damn eighty four was a big year. Hell yeah! Oh, dude, uh, Black Vulcan, man, I'm about to shoot. I'm about to shoot this picture over to you because this this image is not this image is not uh, is not made for uh, for children. <laughs> I'm just curious where Black Vulcan was spending his nights trying to pay for that costume. Stand by. 
There, I just shot you the, the picture. I'm gonna, I, we'll have this on the show notes, folks. Trying to find the Thundercats, the year the Thundercats came out. See that picture yet? No. It's in the. It's in the. Uh, oh, 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 oh! It's in Rebel Scum. Rebel Scum too. Star Wars jersey. Oh yeah. Mm. Yeah, girl. Guess yeah. legs. <laughs> He's a modest fella. That's what I like about him the most. <laughs> uh, at least the toy isn't painted like the drawing is painted. Yeah, I mean, like, I he's basically got a shirt on and, like, a pair of a tidy whities and, like, nothing like nothing cover up his legs. You know what I mean? And some, like, and some high boots. I mean, that's not, you know. Yeah, man. Not working. I don't even know who this character is. What's that? He he was like I think he's what um, turned it into static, uh, static shock. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Thundercats yeah. was eighty five to eighty nine. Yeah, yeah. So a little bit, you know, that that's going to bridge the gap uh, to to when Batman came out, and it was all about the Mattel Batman and Batman Returns toys, which had and those those were uh, Kenner. Kenner, I'm sorry, correction, Kenner. Now before uh, we get into that, let me go through my childhood stuff. Uh, I'll get up to Batman also. So my first. Uh, toy set, you know, were, were Star Wars figures. I had an older cousin um, named Eric that I think eventually got strung out on drugs, um, as fate would have it. And he gave me, like, all of his Star Wars toys. So I had a shit um, I had... And the Star Wars stuff started coming out in the late 70s, right? The toys? Yes, yes. Like, 77. It was actually, I think, Christmas of 77 that they okay. advertised the first set leave um so i had like i i almost had a complete set of of star wars figures like including snaggle um i didn't have yak face i didn't have uh there was a few of them i didn't have but, but i had like most of them i had the million falcon i had a tie fighter i had um x-wing a y-wing a wing i had a shit ton i had the death star but like uh my cousin had broken all like the the struts that kept the levels up, so my dad replaced them with like popsicle sticks, so they never quite sat right. Um, but I had a ton of them, and I uh, my, my parents were divorced, and I used to go to my mom's house and <clears throat> on the weekends. And one one weekend, I took all my Star Wars stuff to my mom's house, and I had them in the sandbox. And I met a friend, uh, this guy Fred Fred H. Shout out Fred if you're out there and, and are listening, and you're like, wait, I know that guy. He uh, he came up to me and was like, you. Join this. This is stupid. You want to join the No Girls Allowed Club? And I was like, shit, yeah. And uh, so, like, we like took off running, playing outside as kids used to do. And I came back. My mom had uh, she had she wanted to get rid of the sand in the sandbox, so she chucked all the figures away. Ugh. Um. And I, I was kind of on a hunt for years and years and years to replace those figures, but that was definitely my first fandom. And then I I, I got into Transformers. Um, I watched Transformers all the time. I loved Transformers. I loved I loved everything about like the characters and the story and the design of the toys. And, you know, I, it used to frustrate me because a lot of the toys were based off the Japanese models or whatever that was before the, the animation was done. It used to bother me that a lot of the toys didn't look cartoon accurate. Um, but I was still I was still totally into them. And I, I was into GI Joe heavy. Um, I was into Mask heavy. Uh, and I was into He-Man. Uh, I, I actually, we were, like, Adam and I were talking recently, and I was like, I don't think I was really into He-Man. But then I was thinking about all the toys I had at He-Man. I was like, shit, I guess I was into He-Man, because I, I had most of them. Yeah. Um, 
And then I had like the superpower stuff also. I mean, because I love the show. Um, and I think that's like I, I collected a lot of lines. I'm like, like I, I collected a, when I was a kid. Like uh, my, my mom's house was like hell. My dad was like in this constant custody struggle with my mother to try to get custody of me. So like I was going to court all the time. There was a lot of problems that were going on in my mother's house. And I'm sure I'll divulge a lot of that as the show goes on. But um, but the the thing about it was is, is I think my dad was trying to make my life as easy as possible when I was at his house, which was Monday through Friday. And uh, so he bought me a ton of shit. Now my mom, when she left my dad, she she cleared out everything. Like she took all this stuff. Um, so like I have like tons and tons and tons of pictures at my house of like me playing on the floor with like every toy you can possibly imagine, which looks like a great childhood for a kid. And then like you look at the, look at the picture a little closer and you notice it's the family room. There's no dressers. There's no credenzas. There's no dining room table. There's no couch. There's no love seat. Like there's no fucking furniture in the house whatsoever. So like, my dad like basically cleared out to buy me all this shit, um, which is pretty awesome. But I think he, I think in hindsight now that he was just playing with my, my, my weeks a little bit. And um, so I had tons of lines. Like I had visionaries. I had uh, like visionaries, I, are pretty, they, visionaries are pretty cool. They were awesn't. I had insectors or whatever they were. I had uh, I had those shit that were like they're like air raiders. I think they were called, and they were all pneumatic operated. Like they had magnets? like little. What was it? Little magnets. No, they were all like air powered. So like the vehicles had like a pump on them, and you'd like hit the pump, which fired missiles. I don't know. I had dino riders. I had. Oh yeah, like, dino I, riders were tight. Yeah, dino riders were fucking awesome. Like, and I, I you know, not for nothing. Um, having a discussion with somebody else earlier like a lot of those shows like I, I like those shows and those toys and everything like i learned a lot from that stuff like oh, yeah, man. you know my vocabulary like like was strengthened by them um you know my knowledge of dinosaurs and stuff like you know when other kids were like you know if you grew up in the 80s and you know there was basically five dinosaurs there was the stegosaurus the brontosaurus the tyrannosaurus the triceratops and the pterodactyl and that was it yep <laughs> um but like I was the kid that was like, uh, it's much more of a Ketrosaurus than it is a Stegosaurus. And I, I, the only reason why I knew what the fuck a Ketrosaurus was is because I had a Dino Rider toy that it was based on. You know, yeah. Um, I knew what a Dino Nickus was before. You know, they turned them into Velociraptors in Jurassic Park. Yeah. Um, are, are we gonna talk about Gobots at all? Are we gonna leave that one alone? Oh, you know what? <laughs> you know what's funny? I, I had some Gobots. Um, I had some Gobots. Like, uh, I did. I remember, like, the, my favorite Gobot was Crasher. She was this, she, but she was pretty androgynous. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, it was the 80s. What are you going to do? And um, she had, like, this, like, really, like, like, like she smokes, like, 13 packs of cigarettes a day voice. Um, and I've actually met the voice actress. Yeah, uh, like, she was my favorite. And some kid outside my mom's house stole that one from me. Like, taking toys at my mom's house was, like, it was a disaster. Your mom's house like a black pit for collectible toys. <laughs> it, was, it was a black pit. For many reasons. It was a black pit for collectors, souls, uh, ambition. <laughs> nice. Um, but, it, you know, I, I had a lot of these lines, but it, it wasn't until, like, um, you know, I wasn't really heavy into comics until 89. And there was, I had two major contributing factors. I'll, I'll take, I'll take lead on this one. One of which was, um, at recess, I was noticing, uh, guy named Richie um, and a guy named Rex would 
always sit outside recess and draw. Um, and they all and they mostly drew one of two things: um, video games characters like uh, Mega Man characters and Mario characters, or uh, Spider Man. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, "Who the fuck is this?" And it's Spider-Man and all this. And like, so like I got my first Spider-Man comic and then I was like, books on comics. I was balls to the wall hooked on comics. I actually, I used to, um, I used to read, uh, when Infinity Gauntlet came out, I was in fifth grade and I was buying them as they came out. And I had like a group of kids that like I had gotten into comics at that age. And a lot of them are in our Facebook group. Um, but like, when, I, when I, we would be outside of recess, I would bring Infinity Gauntlet out and I would read it. And like, it, it was like, it was like a reading class. Like before lunch was over, I probably had 10 to 15 kids like surrounding me while I read Infinity Gauntlet to them. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Um, so it was, it was, it was, uh, that was what was my, my, my major introduction into comics. And then um, like, it, it was as if somebody put all the ingredients and mixed them together for me in a, in a pot but then what baked that motherfucker was the 89 Batman movie. Yep. Um, yep. Which uh, my dad actually didn't want to let me see for some reason. Um, I didn't have a super conservative, like, uh, childhood. Like, you know, I was allowed to see a lot of movies that, that other kids weren't and so forth. But, like, for some reason, he was uh, he was really concerned about the amount of hatred that he felt was in that movie. Really? Yeah, I, like, I remember standing in line at the uh, the old theater yeah, here. C- C-A-1-2-3. C-A-1-2-3. Yeah, man. And uh, just it, I just remember being crowded and so excited. Um, I think the first the first comic. I mean, like of course, you know, we already established that back in like eighty forty five Super Friends. So, and I had the I had the uh, the Secret War stuff. But the actual first time I bought a comic book, and I put that bitch in a bag with a backing. And I think that's important because, um, you know. The reason that comic books are of any value at all is because, you know, back in the day, you know, uh, everybody went to, to war back when, you know, the old school, um, you know, Spider-Man, not Spider-Man, uh, Batman and Superman and everything, and their moms threw out all the comic books. So you had all the, that generation. Well, they threw them out to make war bonds. Oh, yeah, they did that too. I mean, throw, you know, recycled them, trashed them, whatever they did, they're, they're, they were done. Um, so, they're, so they were rare. They were hard to find. Um, and that's what gave them their values. And now, now in the 90s, in the early 90s, the comic book industry almost destroyed itself because all of a sudden, you know, collectors who who were now, you know, older started going back and buying some of these old back issues. And they were buying them for, you know, tens of thousands of dollars. And then all of a sudden, everybody thought that comic books were a huge investment. And you had your, you know, you had your multiple cover issues. You had your foil covers, silver covers, gold covers. And it, it basically almost destroyed comic book industry. I mean, Marvel went bankrupt in the 90s. I, did DC go bankrupt as well? I don't remember. I, but I, I remember her, Jim Lee's X-Men number one had, I think, five different covers. Yeah, to, to make the giant to make the giant cover. And then you had one that was a, a five-cover fold-out, right? I think the fifth one was the four-cover fold-out. And wasn't there a silver and gold one, too? Probably. I mean, I know that the, the Spider-Man number one by Todd McFarlane, when he, he broke off of Amazing Spider-Man and did his own. So the first one that I ever got, I want to say was the uh, August 1991. It was the the black cover Spider-Man, and the reason that I picked that one up is because the Secret War Spider-Man that I had, I had the red and blue one, but I had the black one first, and it was always my favorite. 
And when I saw the black costume Spider-Man on the cover of that that secret that Spider-Man uh, issue thirteen, um, I was like, oh yeah, I was like, sweet. And I remember picking that up, and there was a kid that was older than me. He was probably um, in my. You remember Brian in my neighborhood? He was in high school. Uh, you know, I don't, um, I don't. He was. Was he older than you? Oh yeah, a lot older. He was, he yeah, was I, I, I remember. Yeah, so his he was a you know he was a really good artist, and so I used to always try to draw with him, and he was a big McFarlane fan as well. So you know, therefore you know got to copy copy the older kid. Um, I was a big McFarlane, I became a big McFarlane fan too, but I I picked up that that Black Spider Man not knowing that it was McFarlane when I first got it. So that was your first comic book. I think that was the first comic book I bought and actually kept nice. My first comic book was Amazing Spider Man three hundred. That's with the Eric Larson and the Tarantula. Yep. Spider Man lost his powers. Yeah, this is it. Spidey goes normal. <laughs> like every other, every <laughs> other story arc. Like back, like so. When, when did that come out? What, what what was the date on that one? I don't know. Let me. Uh, I don't know, yeah, look at Looking up. Let me uh, look Spider-Man that up. Three forty. Three forty one. Three forty one. I'm looking it up right now. Um, but I got it from Highs off Crater Rock Way. Yeah. Um, for a book. There it is. November 1st, 1990. There you go. So, uh, yeah, man. So you, I told you you beat me by a couple months. <laughs> now, that that black uh, suit Spider-Man, that was Spider-Man 13? Yeah, yeah. I think. And I that was August 91, I think. I might want to check the date on that. I'm pretty sure. Right. Um, it was an homage to his own cover. Yeah, it was a homage to the, the first one. Todd McFarlane. Yeah. Yep, it was 13, and it was August 91. Yep. So, um, so uh, yeah, that kind of set me into the comic book thing. And then we, we did have the school that we went to. There was a big comic book group of kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, right? Yeah, we basically all sat together. You, me, Victor, Patrick. Yeah, but uh, even, even Dan and, and – uh, some of those other guys. And Jason. Yeah. Yeah. So. So we all were like, we were also like Adam and I were like aspiring artists at the time. So like, um, we did a type three project, which was like something that our school system did where if you did okay in school, you could like do this extracurricular activity, which is like an additional school project of your choice. And ours was to see what it would be like to make your own and publish your own comic. Yeah. So, so we created these characters, and they're pretty cool. They, and they're still all pretty cool. Um, and we, we started working on a book. We never finished it all year. Um, but we were heavy into, like, the team of artists that eventually left Marvel and went to work for DC. I mean, um, Image. Or went to Found Image, rather, which was... I was a big Jim Lee fan. He was a big McFarlane fan. And then there was Willis Horatio, Mark Silvestri, uh, Rob Liefeld, who I liked and you didn't. Yeah. And... Um, Jim Valentino and I think somebody else. But uh, yeah, so like we we were doing this book. It was called Firestorm. Um, we didn't we weren't aware of the DC character at the time because halfway through making it, Adam became aware of the DC character and told us. <laughs> um, but then yeah. we were like, but then we were like, well, ours is Fire S dot T dot O dot O R dot M dot, so it's totally different. Absolutely. That's to be different. Um, so, uh, anyway, it, it, 
it caused me uh, getting into a lot of trouble at school because I, I eventually I became obsessed with comics. Um, and uh, like I, I, all I did was draw comics, draw comic book characters, and Adam and I would be on the phone at you know for hours at a time. Uh, and I and I and then I, I was also getting into a, a few fisticuffs here and there. Um, and it all led to my my removal from school. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I also was, and then the Toy Biz figures came out around that that time too. And like I will never forget walking into a KB toy store at Longmore in, in Maryland. Where KB were. toy store, what's that? Yeah, and and seeing that first wave of X Men figures for the first time. Oh yeah, like I think the other like the Marvel heroes or whatever the with the silverbacks. I think they were already out. I think I can't remember now, but like seeing those like because they didn't tackle any of the X Men like that first wave of X Men. Colossus, Wolverine, Magneto, Nightcrawler, Storm. Is there any more? Um, Cyclops. Cyclops. Yep. Um, like I remember, like, like, like thinking to myself, like, holy fuck, it's on now. And if you look back at those, those like figures are a step backwards from the superpower one. You know, I mean, they had some, they had some updated gimmicks, but I mean, in regards to sculpt and the way they looked. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Maybe a step back from, I don't know, I don't know. They were, they were pretty like the, the some like the ones that didn't rely as much on gimmicks were a lot better. Like, mm-hmm. like Colossus kind of sucked because his hands were like always in that lifting a a, a a fucking weight bar position. Yeah. Um, and then the Wolverine one kind of sucked because of the claw gimmick. So his arms always had to be like a, you know straight. He didn't have an elbow. Yeah. But like uh. But Nightcrawler and Cyclops were actually pretty badass figures for the time. And the fact that they even did a storm, because nobody made female characters at that time. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And oh, if we they did, did, it was like one case. Yeah, I mean you did have a you did have a Wonder Woman, you know, type of thing, um, back but, in the day, but that was it. Powers. Yeah. yeah. That was, and I think that was the only female from that line. And uh that was a long ass time ago. I like you know, prior to the uh, the toy biz stuff, you know, way prior to, and then um, the only other female character that I really remember was a uh, Catwoman, yeah, the Batman Returns line, but even that was like one per case, yeah, yeah, and there was April O'Neil. Yep, I, I've got an interesting. I got an interesting. I want to talk about Catwoman here soon because you know we have this. I, we have we had this conversation about Catwoman versus Black Cat here. Continue. But no, no, no. The, the, the Toy Biz uh, figures were fucking awesome, mainly because they, like, uh, I think that's when, like, the whole, like, world that we knew, like, really got rocking and rolling. So, like, you had, like, Marvel figures being made, um, like, and they were releasing. They had, like, three or four waves a year. And then you had the comics, which were, like, fucking better than ever. And then you had the, uh, I mean, they were, they seemed better than ever. You go back and read them now, you're like, Eesh. Yeah. Um, and then you had, like, Wizard Magazine that was promoting all of it. And it, it was just, like, it was just, like, this fucking... The only thing that we didn't have at that time was, like, the, the movies and television that they came out with, right? It's cr- I mean, if you think about, like, how many TV shows are coming... Like, just this year, you got... You have The Flash, which is doing extremely well. Right. Um, and I know you're not a big sitcom guy, but it, it's doing very well. The Arrow show, which I think had a first... A, a good first season... Had a decent second season. I mean, a really good second season. The third season, I think, was just fucking garbage. Right. I mean, they, 
the problem with the, the, there's a problem with some of these producers of these TV shows where they find a formula that works in the comic book formula, but they borrow too much from other things. I mean, this last season of Arrow, if you got, they basically just you know made him Batman. And don't be wrong, the dude, the actor who plays uh, Arrow, he's a cool guy. Does a lot of charity work. Awesome guy, and I and I like that show. Um, I'm gonna give season four a shot. But if it goes the same direction as season three, you know, it might be like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm painting miniatures, so I'll play it in the background just so I can, you know, entertain myself while I'm, you know, listen to something while I'm painting. Right. Um, you got the Supergirl show that's coming out that I'm not super interested in, <laughs> but I'll, I'll probably, I'll probably watch it with my, with my daughters because it'll be something fun that they can watch, kind of a family type thing, and they all, they're all big superhero fans as well. Um, but. Uh, you know, and then you got, of course, of course, the the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is, in my opinion, is probably keeping Hollywood afloat, because uh, the movie industry has been on decline here. Um, you know, I think the last four or five years, um, maybe longer. Yeah. Um, and the the same with the music industry. I think video games and stuff like that have have, have just taken over. And you know, you have a lot more coming out with comic books. You have you know reboots, a lot of games. I mean, I, I, the Arkham Knight. Game. I haven't looked at all the stats, but I'm hearing that's smashing records for sales. Yeah, I mean it's a great game. I can't wait for the the Michael Keaton downloadable. I think it's actually I might it might already be here. I might have to go check it, download. But um, there's, there's a lot going on in in the industry in between video games, movies, TV shows, the Daredevil, like the shorts, the short series or the ser- you know I don't even consider those a a real TV show because it's like it's a ten hour movie. You know what I mean? It's like right. You know, which is I, I think is is going to be the evolution of the new formats of these films. Um, you know, one thing I, it's not that I didn't enjoy the Avengers, uh, but you know, you're in Midius race and the Avengers have somehow teamed back together. We don't know how they just have. There's no mention in any of the other movies that are associated with them. There's no mention in Agents of Shield. They're just back to it, and then everything's tied up with a good bow, even though you know. Tony Stark unleashed this incredible, powerful creature that almost destroyed the planet. You know what I mean? And we still don't know. We still don't know the outcome of that. But it's funny to me, and I love Marvel. Don't get me wrong. But it's funny to me that the fanboys of Marvel are chugging so much Marvel cock right now. Nobody is asking that question, but people are still pissed at at Man of Steel for destroying half of Metropolis. You know what I mean? What, what kills me? Well, like not. I mean, I mean, isn't that ridiculous? I mean, like, to, here Tony Stark creates something that almost destroys the planet, <laughs> and everybody's yeah, well, that, and everybody's like, mad at Superman because there's destruction, which I well, think, I we're, think gonna that, get, we're gonna get. We're gonna we're gonna. Have a, a great run, like a, a great run for Batman. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like, like DC movies do. No, just movies in general. So, like, if Iron Man had done that action in the movie, you might have got more of a backlash from But like. If it sits on a show, I, I think like it doesn't it doesn't carry the same. No, but I mean, I mean, like he 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 made Ultron on the movie, you know, and then like he's like shaking shaking Cap's hand and getting getting in his Audi and driving off into the sunset. Apparently, yeah, but he's time also like, uh, like, but I mean, there was also like some there was there were some consequences in that, you know what I mean? Like it, it like it it wasn't like it, people were not happy with him for that act. Yeah, so like, but the, the, that's yeah, how they there, get over. Yeah, but I'm not talking about the people in the show. I'm talking about right. I'm but talking, what I'm saying is, fan, I'm talking about the fans. I understand like the, that, but what I'm saying is that if, if Clark had gotten a shit ton of fucking shit for that for that action in the movie, which it looks like he's getting, 
Yeah. But like, yeah. if he if he would have gotten it in the movie, it might have seemed different. You go from him destroying Metropolis to you know destroy him kind it, of, destroy a satellite. <laughs> or, to uh, kind of, yeah, to, to, to <laughs> him kind of being buddy buddy with the government. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, I'm your pal. I'm I don't. Pal. I don't think. See, I don't interpret that as him being I, buddy buddy. I don't buddy. either. But I'm telling you, that's why. Yeah, maybe, maybe. That's that's. I think that's why that we don't see it. I, I think I think that. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest. I, I think there's a Superman prejudice of people who don't know anything about Superman, and they think just because it's Superman and it's so old school, he's not an interesting character. He's boring. He's OP as fuck. I hear that all the time. He's OP as fuck. And I'm like, have you read any book? I, I just finished. I just finished uh, the Men of Tomorrow by Jeff Johns, um, and I mean it's one of the new 52 trade paperbacks that just came out. It's the one where they introduced the Super Flare, and um, at, you know. Superman is pretty humanizing in that book, and I and I, there's some things I liked about it, and there's some things I didn't like about it. But I will say one thing: my biggest beef with the New Fifty Two stuff is that Superman seems like a fucking prick, and he doesn't seem like the hopeful symbol that he's supposed to be. Yeah. In this book, which is in the New Fifty Two, it's back to the Superman that I love. You know? Yeah, so, well, I think that they're trying; like they know that. I just I just read this article um, that our our like so we're part of this Facebook. group. Maryland, Maryland Nerd Geeks and Collectors, and um, our good friend uh, Dante is in that group. Posts tons of articles in there, but like he uh, he posted some article about uh, like I think it was about DC's numbers. Yeah, you know, and DC's projected numbers, and that they're fucking failing. So like their new business plan is not to shake things up. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Because um, like Convergence, I think, was them trying to appease people. And I, yeah. I haven't, I haven't read it. I'm a trade. Yeah, weight. I haven't read it either. Um, I, but I, I, I trade weight everything. So if you're looking to this podcast for news for, of like what's currently going on in books, it's the wrong show. Yeah. Um, we're we're going to talk about the social impact and the deeper meaning of it. And, and, and I mean, if, if, if a big book comes out, you know, like we'll read it when it comes out in trade. We'll read it. We'll talk about it. Like, you know, there, there's a lot of like I'm, I'm looking forward to reading Convergence. I'm looking forward to reading Secret Wars, which looks like it's fucking amazing. Um. You know, I'm looking forward to all those things, but anyway, I think that DC is having a bit of a reckoning, and, and they've kind of backed themselves into a corner because everybody, everybody, I don't think that if you don't love Superman, I, I don't think that making him a dick is going to make people love him. Yeah, like, exactly. I, I think that like you just need to find out a way to expose. Him I mean, is is it just me, or did you feel the same about it when you you know saw how that? I mean, especially in the cartoons that they did, which I thought were pretty accurate to the books. Um. Cool. What do you do? You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, that's, I, that, that is, you know, he is way too humble. You, you know. Well, he. Well, that that's actually one of my favorite Superman moments. I, I it's, yeah, I, I, I mean, it's an interesting look at it, but it's, it's. I would not say it's my favorite Superman moment by any it's, means. It's not my favorite. It's one of my favorites. Right, I hear you. That, that part where fucking like Green Lantern comes in with like you know the, the Lantern ring having all the power that it has, and Superman kicks the shit out of him. Yeah. And then looks down at Batman like, so, what do you do? Yeah. And, yeah. you know, and Batman doesn't do anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's the, the joke of it. You know, Superman doesn't know. Yeah. And, and, the, and the answer is nothing. Yeah. You know? Like, so, I, don't, I, I, dig, I dig that. Too. More than enough for you, old man. <laughs> but but, but I, dig, I, dig, I dig that kind of um, banter. Banter. And I, yeah. and I, and I, and I, I like, I see, I like when writers, and this is Pre-fifty-two, new fifty-two, or pre-flashpoint, whatever you want to call it, 
um, Superman, where Superman does know exactly what he is capable of. Yeah. You know, like, like, like I will fucking turn into dust before you get, you know what I mean? Like he won't, but he knows he's capable of it. Yeah. And he's, I, he's, I, I mean, he's scared of it. You know yeah. I mean? But I kind of like that swagger. You know yeah. What I, mean? I mean, some of it, like one of my favorite Superman moments comes from one of the Justice League episode where it's like Christmas and everybody's going through the holidays. And I want to say like, I want to say Batman and Wonder Woman were hanging out, and it, but Martian Manhunter comes home with Clark to Smallville, and um, <laughs> they're like, like uh, his mom says something. Like, I'll put the present on the tree, and he just gives her a look. He's like, I mean, Santa, I'll put the presents on the tree. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like right, they right, line right, his right. Christmas presents with like lead paper, you know, right. because you know, because he's still like a, you know, not that he's not a man, he's not a responsibility, but he's still like. Got this like hopeful, almost like not childish exuberance. That's not what I'm looking for, but it's just like you know what we want the world to be, and like little stuff like that in his character. Like he's so optimistic, he's never lost that naivety about optimism. Um, is one of my favorite. It's one of my favorite things about one scenes with him. And there was one, I think it was in Birthright, which Mark, I think Mark Wade wrote that one. It's one of my favorite ones. But uh, he's uh, trying to uh, get into a volcano stop it from erupting and somehow he gets like sucked into it and like he gets out of it and he's like he's like he's like throwing up like the the hot melt lava that he inhaled you know like yeah. he inhaled it into his lungs and he's like he's like throwing it up and like, he's fine of course but like he had a realization at first like i don't know how fucking power, i don't know if i'm gonna survive this and like how and now i remember i have to go back and read it but i just can imagine i was like damn this guy's breathing in lava right now and he's like shit what is this gonna do to me have i you know have i bitten off too much that i can chew and when I read things like that, and then I watch like the Man of Steel movie when you know Jonathan like holds him off, like to me the way that I justify it is like, all right, at that point he didn't know what a tornado was going to do. You know what I'm saying? Like he, a tornado could have killed him as far as he knew. You know? Maybe. Um, but... I mean, and like, and I look at like you know Smallville, which I'll talk about Smallville. So it's a, that's an abusive relationship. Ten years of that show. Um, but like even in that show, there's like you know when he got he used to get shot back in the day, it didn't. You know, like his power level increased slowly as his body got, you know, more, you know, more sufficient at absorbing, you know, yellow radiation or whatever. Um, but, you know, I, I can I can give that a pass. Now, some people get eaten up about it and I, I'm fine with it. Like I, I totally they're totally justified in feeling that way. And I can see their point. But for me, it is like, you know, I give it a pass. You know what I mean, well, see, my thing is, like, first of all, I think growing up in Kansas, he knows what a tornado is. And he knows what tornado is. But but. But more so than that, like, I don't give a shit, really, what, what Superman's motivations are. I, like, my problem with that scene is from, like, a, a, a writing standpoint. He went back for of, the dog. <laughs> of, like, of, no, because I even get that. You know, like, I even get, like, that's part of the family. Like, I, what I don't like about it is that, like, for one, you know, Jonathan dying of a heart attack, I think, is important thematically for who Superman is. I agree. Um, and I, I, we've had this conversation before. But for the listeners, like I think that showing the world, um, it, it shows the reader and it reminds Superman that you can't fucking save everything. Yeah, all these powers, all these things I could do, and, you know, and, and then it, it reinf- and it reinforces the idea of you are not fucking one of us. Yeah, like this is some Earth shit. Yeah, and you and you, <laughs> you know, and you ain't and you ain't built for it. <laughs> it's not habit forming. <laughs> you don't want no parts of this shit. Um, so, like, uh, I think that those things, like, thematically are important to 
who Superman is as a character. And like the other thing that bothers me is that okay, if we're not going to go that route, if this is the big, you know, moment to say I'm going to go to this length to show you how important it is to keep your identity a secret, mm-hmm. I'm good with that too. But then don't go popping up on oil rigs with no shirt on and no sort of disguise. You know, I, mean, I guess your beard is a disguise, but that we, we know that's more by chance than it is by. Choice. But I, but I think I think and that's like. And and Jonathan wouldn't have. I don't know if Jonathan wouldn't approve that either. Because I mean, here here's the thing, man. No, he wouldn't. A, he wouldn't approve of that. Yeah, but that's yeah. what I'm saying is that it didn't teach the lesson. Well, I don't. I, and maybe I don't think it didn't teach the lesson. I think that. Well, let me let me rephrase that. It's not that Jonathan didn't approve of it. I think that Jonathan knew that at one time he was going to have to make a choice, but he wanted him to make the, a choice a choice as a man and not as a child. Um. And I think that, and I and I think there's something to that, man. I mean, like, if you had a kid, you know what I mean, who could do everything that he could do. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not so sure. I would, I would, you know, jump on the, oh, you're gonna be a hero one day. I'd be like, hey, man, you know, you gotta, you know, you gotta hide that shit because they'll try to take you apart and, and collect you or do whatever, make you a weapon. And, and what, you know, that's what people would do. You know what I mean? It it, it is pretty interesting. Uh, the okay. one thing, the one thing I do want to state though that I don't, I don't like is in the New Fifty Two how both of his parents died in a car accident. Um, I don't like that at all. And I think that having, you know, in you know in the the before prior Fifty Two, Jonathan Kent, Jonathan Kent does die of a heart attack, but that didn't happen until like you know two thousand. I think when they rebooted it after Birthright or whatever, um, you know, before I mean he was alive during, you know, all the the, the birth and death of Superman type stuff. Um, Jonathan Kent did have a heart attack and like you know come back to life in that thing and like you know had a vision of Clark in the afterlife. So he was there. It, that hasn't always been the continuity of him being Superman when, when Jonathan did die. He did finally die in that. But I think not having either parent still alive uh, is an issue for me. In the new yeah, movie. me too. I don't like that. I don't I like that at all. It's important yeah. to make that and I'm not a I'm not a big fan of this solar flare this super flare. Have you read about this thing? No. So you know, you know I I, I so I read this you know um, I got I got to pull up exactly what the name of the title was. Um, one second, don't let it take me a moment. Um, I also want to talk about that bat that Batman death thing. That'd be pretty fun. Uh, it's uh, Superman, The Men of Tomorrow by Jeff Johns, John Romita Jr., uh, who I'm not a huge fan of. I mean, he's okay. I don't like. I, I always feel like people give him more credit than than he. You know, everything's really boxy and really sketchy, and I'm not. You know, I mean, it's not that he's a bad artist. He's just not my favorite. Um, but you know, I love Jeff Johns. I mean, he's amazing. But it, it seems to me that Jeff Johns does everything good, but Superman. <laughs> just... Yeah, well, that's the like. I loved uh, Secret Identity that Jeff Johns. I, I did, but that wasn't a Superman story. You know what I mean? That was an Elseworld story. No, no, uh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. The uh, Secret Origins. Secret Origins. Secret Origins wasn't bad. And that um, was... and a lot of the stuff that he did, like I think Jeff Johns did a lot of Superman's run, like uh, during the big Brainiac arc that was like a few years ago. The yeah, like, yeah. That was I mean, good stuff too. I think that I think that Jeff Johns. Something happened to Jeff Johns between Blackest Night and Brightest Day. Yeah, and he hasn't fully. Recovered. Hit <laughs> like, an aneurysm pop or something. Like Blackest Night is arguably, and I know, like you know, the four people that listen to this podcast uh, this week that are huge um, DC fans or huge Green Lantern fans or whatever, huge comic book fans, um, will want to 
crucify me for it, but but I think that Black Knight, Blackest Knight, is the biggest, most epic Green Lantern story ever told. Mm-hmm. And the, and it fit to, it, the pieces fit together well. Yes, uh, and and that's looking at all of the content of Blackest Knight, like all the tie-ins and everything. It's a huge scope of it. It has like consequences for every character involved. It has lasting consequences for the team. Like it, it it's fucking amazing. I love Blackest Knight. And I think it is the pinnacle of of John's work on Green Lantern. He worked on Green Lantern for so long, and I feel like it all built up to this moment. And it had this huge payoff, and it was fucking awesome. And then there was Brightest Day. And everyone was like, oh, my God. You know, like, Brightest Day. Like, we're getting a sequel to Blackest Night. And they had the nerve to call it Brightest Day. It's going to be even as good, if not better. And it's just not. Yeah. And Se- I think seemed like very, the, seemed very shallow to me. And I think that like the probably remember those the, epic consequences we just did with that last story. We're gonna go ahead and race everything. And like we're gonna we're gonna resurrect these characters, which is like the big payoff, right? Like they bring back, you know, the, the Hawk people and um, Aquaman. I think died or Mira. Yeah, they bring back Aquaman and um. I, I don't even remember who it is, which is the point. Martian Manhunter because it doesn't think, matter anymore. You know, but like that was because there's no value to it. Moment. Like you turn the page and you're like, wow! But but it's almost like it that moment wasn't really earned. Yeah. You know, like it was like, okay, this was the payoff. Like you know, we talk about stuff having like you know like this masturbation without the payoff. Like this was the payoff without the masturbation. <laughs> like you're just like walking down the street and you have an orgasm in your pants. I remember reading Hush. Um, I it's remember. Just, it's just like, oh, that's weird. That's that's bizarre. I mean, that 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 did feel good. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, but I could have used a little bit more. Yeah, I, I remember reading Hush when you first thought it was Jason Todd before they had the double twist. And I always and, – and then, like, they go back, and it was Jason Todd, and it wasn't Tommy Elliott, you know. But for, like, four years, it was just Tommy Elliott faking to be Jason Todd. You know, that story arc was amazing. And, um, you know, sometimes you don't need a double twist, man. Some, sometimes we don't you didn't need to pull the M. Night Shyamalan Ding Dong um, – Double twist. Sometimes it's be Jason. Like bring a character back like that, make it meaningful, make it like fifteen years later. Like oh shit, remember that guy? Um, yeah. That's that's more of the payoff. And you know, because I mean, they didn't mean to be, bring back Jason Todd. They were gonna bring him back for a second, but then it was Tommy Elliot. It's just you know. Yeah. You know, then like wait a minute, people responded to this. Let's really fucking do it this time. So I don't know. Speaking of M Night Shyamalan Ding Dong. Dude, I'm so upset they're going to make another Avatar uh, movie with that jackass. Uh, I don't even want to discuss that. I mean, like, I know you haven't you haven't seen the whole Avatar series. I, I have to say, if you got it, it is – I started watching it with my kids, and I have to say it is probably, in my opinion, The Last Airbender is one of the most, if not the most perfect television series that I've ever enjoyed. I don't think that, I don't think there's much out there. Nothing jumps to mind that can really hold a candle to it as well in regards to the amount of action it has, the, the how interesting the story is, the characters, how much you care for these characters. Every character there has a substantial arc. Um, you know, all the main characters, even even some even some secondary characters, and the the history, the mythology. It's just it's just something special, and the message itself. It's it's pretty amazing. It's an amazing amazing show. Um, now, you know, Legend of Korra, I, I enjoyed as well, not as much. And, you know, I, I feel they did some things I, I didn't really appreciate um, in, 
regards to the death of, you know, I don't want to ruin it for people, but in regards to her, her loss in connection with some very important aspects of that mythology. Um, but yeah, I'm, I, I, I wanted that first movie to fail in a way that they would reboot it and do it some justice and not let that jackass back behind the camera to do it again. <laughs> um, you know, you know, dude, like they're like dragging him by his, by his like scruff out the back of the door. And he's like, but I did six cents. <laughs> I did six cents. <laughs> I like six cents. You know, I liked unbreakable. It's I a good it. movie. Signs was a pretty good movie too. Signs is acceptable. Um, no, I mean like, like, uh, yeah, but dude, Mel Gibson, you know, going a little crazy, you know? Um, oh, the, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just shut up. Enjoy it. Yeah. No, stop to enjoy his meal. So we're going to enjoy it. So just shut up. <laughs> Cause you know, he's like, Hey Mel, I don't even want you to act. I just want you to be you for this scene. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and those of you guys don't know, that's in the, the Beer and Bolter's intro. It's, you know, there's a couple of you know, signs. It's got some good quotes in it. I, I do enjoy that movie. Yeah, and we're going to do, we're gonna do a, a, an intro for this one. We don't know what it is yet. By the time you hear it, it'll be done. Um, but uh, I did watch that, the show Waverly Pines. I, was like, I, I think it was going to be a miniseries, and then I think it turned into a full like 11-part series on Fox. It, you know, it was very interesting. But he's got this need to be very Hitchcockian. That I think he just needs to give the fuck up. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, like, you know, dude, that, that, you know, Hitchcock was a different era. It was, you know, it was just a different world. You don't need to try to emulate him. I'm not trying to take anything away from what he did. Um, but, you know, it, it's like, like, I, I, I kind of feel that J.J. Abrams can somewhat emulate this, the, the, the Spielberg thing by, by still being his own dude. You know, um, he, he, he just reminds me of Spielberg, but like, I, I think that this guy's trying to be Hitchcock, and it's just you know, man. Just be, be, hey, man. Hey, 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 buddy. Just be yourself. People like you for you. Yeah. You know. So I'm sorry to go off on that tangent, but Avatar's fucking badass. Fucking badass. Yeah, I saw. I saw the movie. That was garbage. I, I I I wanted to walk out. I was like furious. I took my my oldest to see that. I was furious when I left the theater. So. And I can tell you, as a person that um is not familiar with the source material, it was pretty mean. Like I, I'm actually heartbroken because you're less likely to go try to enjoy the sort oh, of yeah, hero, definitely, which is definitely, definitely. I mean, it's just it's. It, I mean, it's it's three it's three seasons. Um, each season, I think, is uh, two books or whatever. I don't remember how they broke up. Um, but um, yeah, the characters. It's a, it's a very character driven story. The mythology is amazing, and at the end of it, you're like, wow. Like, you're sad to see it end, but you're like, that was fucking perfect. You know now, you know, um, and I love to see. And there, there, I think there was three, three different sets of of uh, trilogy trilogy graphic novels that had continued the story. But I haven't, you know, my, my oldest has all those. She's read them, but I haven't read them yet. So let's get back to our uh, history of the fandom. Um, we pretty much just kind of remained status quo with it through high school. Like, uh, you know, we did all the things that high schoolers do, and then. Um, went on from there and then got married and kids. But yeah. before we got kids, though, um, well, I actually, actually, before before I was out of high school, I did work at a comic book store for a while. In high, while well, I was working in high school, so I I did, I was steadily buying books. Uh, Alex Ross's Marvels and and uh, Kingdom Come came back out. 
uh, which got me back into DC and Marvel. Uh, because after I think I want to say after middle school, I was kind of like an image guy, um, and I did collect Spawn. Uh, I, I kept on kind of collecting Spawn and never reading them, just because it was like you know I'm just gonna you know I got I got pretty much every comic book that McFarlane's ever done, so I'm just gonna keep that going. Um, which if you ever, if you guys ever get a chance to go to a seminar with that guy at a comic book convention, do yourself a favor, brother. Yeah, <laughs> go to that shit. Entertaining. Um, like, just because he's a, a bit of a nut job. Yeah, he's our nut job. Yeah, um, I, I want to see. And then I guess it was like Spider-Man coming back out in the theater. Spider-Man coming out in the theaters. That kind of, you know, got me back into it, into the fandom as well. Like, you got me back into the fandom uh, as far as like comics were concerned. I was helping you move, and uh, into that apartment or condo. Yeah, and you brought out Arkham Asylum. By oh Grant yeah. Morrison. Yeah, and you, were, and you were like, you need to read this, and you were telling me, uh, you were trying to tell me because we never really read DC when we were in middle school together. Yep. You know, we were big Marvel fans. Like, you know, all, all the stuff that was happening was happening in Marvel, Spider Man, and X Men. Yep. Um, and then, like you said, we moved on to Image because it was like you know the rock star thing to do at the time. Yeah. Um, who, who doesn't want ammo ammo uh, pouch uh, anklets? Yeah, I was just gonna say, you know what I need? More swords, more pouches, more space guns, <laughs> more ponytails, more trench coats. That's right. Um, so anyway, the uh, you got you got you turned me on to Arkham Asylum, and I read that, and I was like, well, this is this just totally blew, you know, what I know about comics out of the water. And then I started reading a lot of other stuff you were turning me on. Take off your mask. Don't be so simple. Besides, this is real pace. Yeah, don't be so predictable. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Um, but you, 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 were, you were telling me, you were like, uh, you were trying to sell me on DC. You were like, look, man, like, DC is the future. You know, you were like, you were like, I, you were like I'm, I love Marvel too, but, you know, DC is, there's, the stuff that's happening there is just so interesting. And I was like, I don't know, I don't know. So you were like, I, I, you said, here, read this Arkham Asylum. So I read that, and I was like, this is brilliant. And you were like, yeah. well, this is Batman, and Batman is your way into the DC universe. Yeah. And, and then you at, turn me on to a ton of shit. Long yeah. Halloween. Um, I think at that point too is like Marvel was doing more onslaught bullshit and oh, DC was God. doing No Man's Land, Long Halloween, um, which were fucking epic. Yeah, and uh, um, Bruce Wayne Murderer. Oh yeah. Bruce Wayne Fugitive, um, which was epic. And and, and Bat- those Batman arcs back then, and that was right before the Jim Lee shit hit too. They were like a gateway drug, man. Um, it's very, very rich storytelling. Um, but anyway, continue. So anyway, like, you know, you, you turn me on to all that. And then, like, by the time I read all that, and then I read Alex Ross's, uh, you had, like, the oversized Origins book. Mm-hmm. Like, so you had, I think you had Wonder Woman, Superman, and Batman. Mm-hmm. And I read the three of those. And then I was like, okay, I'm in. And then I became, like, a DC fan. I started buying up all shit i became like an avid reader of it and then i was reading um a lot of the batman stories and a lot of the batman stories tied superman in which opened me up to superman and then once you get superman in there you know he gets his foot in the door the whole justice league ends up coming with him and then i got into yep. justice league and then i became like a dc fan and then i read you know all that shit and while while we were kind of going through that phase we also kind of started our convention life oh yeah life, bitches we attended <laughs> um uh Celebration three was the first big one. Yeah, Celebration three. We attended uh, Pittsburgh Comic Con. We, we attended the very first New York Comic Con, the one the fire marshal shut down. Yep. Yeah. Um, awesome. We attended uh, San Diego Comic Con. 
he, you know, of course, we're like, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Philly, we're Baltimore boys. So we definitely did Baltimore. Um, you didn't end up making it to the one Philly show where I got to meet Michael Turner before he passed. Yeah. Um, but you know, so, so we started going to all these conventions. We became like big collectors, a lot of DC collectible stuff because it was all, this is when the, uh, the DC, um, direct stuff was coming out. Yeah. Yeah. DC direct. I think that, I think that started with the hush figure. I'm not mistaken. May very well have, uh, or a Kingdom Come. No, Kingdom Come. You're right. Yeah. So, and you know, I we we kind of have a joke, man. Like, I love Alex Ross's stuff, and I think that Alex Ross was, you know, when when he came out in like the mid to late '90s, I think it was a, a breath of fresh air to getting away from that super exaggerated Liefeld McFarland era where everybody was, you know, trying to be those guys. Um, and not to say I don't still like McFarland, but I mean, you know, that some at one point, especially Liefeld, he became like a caricature of himself. If you look at some of his early stuff to some of his later stuff, it just got more and more ridiculous. I I, I have a theory, and I, I've never liked that guy. You know what I mean? Like I've always, you know, when when my voice was a minority and everybody fucking, oh, this guy's gonna be the greatest. He's like 16 years old when he started. You know, he just thought he'd be everything else. I just he's never my cup of tea. I almost wonder now. If he's like, motherfuckers, you know how much money I got? I'm just going to see how stupid I can make it. Like, I wonder if now he's at the point where he's just entertaining himself with ridiculous Captain America covers. You know what I mean? You know? <laughs> but you know what's funny is, like, you know what's unfortunate if you think about it? I he mean, was, like, a, his he was a nice guy, though, so. His Deadpool was very different than the Deadpool that we know today. But, like, can you imagine if he was getting royalties from Deadpool? Which I don't think you can in Marvel. I think once you create the Yeah, game, yeah, that's why they left. yeah. yeah. Um, can, can I can I say something about Deadpool, which is probably going to make people turn this podcast off right now? You know, don't get me wrong, man. I love a good Deadpool joke to the next guy. I mean, like you know that Hulk versus Wolverine, Deadpool. They did Deadpool perfectly in that book. I mean, that, that cartoon and everything. But like, I, I don't understand the fascination with Deadpool nowadays. And I kind of think that people like Deadpool just because of Deadpool. I don't even think they really know because he was a much more somber guy. Back when he first came out, you know yeah, I mean? he was he was a lot more like. But I think that I mean he was Deathstroke. He was basically Marvel. Yes, exactly, exactly. You know? and he was a lot more serious. He was a lot more like business, like you know about my business. Yeah, actually, chilling. I mean he was Deathstroke. He was just you know. Um, you know, but of, like Slade think, Wilson, like, it's Wade I to, Wilson. I used <laughs> to think the same thing that you did, right? So be like, man, it's just like okay, this is the new cool thing. So hop aboard with the cool kids. Um, but our buddy Jr. is like a huge. I know he is, and has and has been for some. And uh, he told me, like, he was like, look, you need to read some of this stuff. You need to read Marvel, uh, Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe and, and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, man, I don't know. Like, I don't need to be like everybody else. Like, I know exactly who the fuck Deadpool is, and I don't need any more pouches in my life. <laughs> but then I read that, like, uh, my first real, real like, reintroduction to Deadpool was the, like, the, this huge X-Force story about Apocalypse. Um that you were in possession of at the time. Yeah, I need to read that. And, like, he's fucking awesome. Like, he is fucking awesome. Like, he is an awesome character to read. He's a cool character to read. He's a fun character to read. He looks cool. Like, it's just like, you know, like, there he is. Like, I was like, fuck. Like, I had to, I had to call JR, and I was like, you're right. He's awesome. Sorry. Um, There's a scene in there, like, I, I always laugh about, and I've, I've told Adam about it, but, like, you know, like I, I don't know if you guys have read it or not, but... 
there's a scene in there where uh, like Wolverine is taking a shit, and they're in this bathroom, and Deadpool's like watching him shit, <laughs> and like Wolverine's like kind of like freaked out by it, and um, you know, like he comes out of the stall or whatever. And, um, like, you don't, I don't think that it shows him watching it, but it was obvious that he was, because it comes out of the stall, and Deadpool's like, you know, never had you for a fold and fold kind of guy. Always had you pegged as a crumple and swipe. And, um, Wolverine's like, Sh- you know, shut the fuck up, will you get back on the street? Blah, 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 blah. And Deadpool goes, ah, control freak. Should have known. Classic fold and hold. <laughs> and, like, it, it, it's like, but see, I, I'm okay with that, dude. But like the whole breaking the fourth barrier thing, it's just I'm okay dumb. With that. I mean, no, it's just it's not. Dumb. No, it's not because like, like, like it's it's all about like, like I I would have thought it was dumb had you not introduced me to DC. Like it's all about the multiverse and in the universe that he's in, he's the only one that's aware that his universe is a series of stories told to another universe. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Like that shit's cool. And then like the video game, which I haven't played, but I've watched. Like he like talks to the player, yeah, yeah. Like you know, that shit's fucking awesome, you know. And then, like even the fact that now they're able to carry it through subtly in the movie, yeah. You know, like it's. Just, I mean, it's there's there's one superhero beatdown where it was like it was Harley and Joker versus Deadpool and uh, Domino. Yeah. Like at, at one point, he starts like he starts to no 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 I'm sorry not that one it was um screw attack Batman versus Deadpool no it was screw attack it was Deadpool versus. Well, now I gotta figure it out, but you know they're, they're the guys that said the Goku Superman rematch. Um, and at one point he stops a fight and explains to the audience how you know he can you know break the oh death is Deadpool versus Deathstroke, which is you know yeah it makes sense. Yeah. Um, and so like you know he's even got a sword that that negates you know healing powers, so he can kill Wolverine with it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so I mean it's it's uh. You know, he's. It's not. I'm not saying I don't like the character. I just think that it's just. It's a lot of hype, dude. I mean, it's. Yeah, it's, but I, I, it's one of those things where a lot of the hype and like, like it, it makes you want to hate it. But then you get into it and you're like, I don't, oh, I'm God. not saying that. I'm not saying I hate it. No, at no, all. I'm not saying yeah. you. I'm just saying an individual. Like with all the hype behind it, it makes you want to not like it. Yeah. Um. But but then when when you give it a shot, you're like, oh fuck it, it's pretty good. I I uh I do want to read the the he kills the universe thing. Um, yeah. So. That would be that'd be pretty interesting, um, just because it, it's it's a funny Elseworld type story. Yeah, I'm sorry. What were you saying? A little technical glitch. No, the uh, the, the, the it actually has like that Deadpool kills the Marvel universe. It has like a lot of like historic roots. Mm-hmm. Um, there was this guy that was running Marvel at the time. Now I'm drawing a blank on his name because I'm an idiot. But there was a guy that was running Marvel at a, at a specific time, and like uh, they like came, these guys like came out and like attacked him. That like really? he yeah like like not like not like physically attacked him, but like attacked him. In the that he was trying to destroy the Marvel Universe. Like huh. he was like the, so he actually came up with this book that like whatever his name was, I forget it now. I don't know what the dumbass, but like you know, Jason Black. Um, he came up with a book. Jason Black kills the Marvel Universe, mm-hmm. and like it went through like all these phases in production. But like a lot of hands started getting in the pot. A lot of things started happening, and it, it didn't come to fruition. So then there was like a Punisher book that came along years later called Punisher Kills the Marvel Universe and then this is like an homage slash joke to all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um which is fucking awesome. Um and I don't know, he's a he's a cool he's he's I, 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 I hate to love him, but I do love him. Like and, and after <laughs> a, after reading that book, like I, I mean, I, 
I don't was, get me wrong. I'm, I'm all on for the movie. I think the movie's going to be oh, fucking yeah. fun. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely going to you know, bring the, the fun and goofiness back. You know, and I hope it does well. You know, I hope it does well. I mean, <laughs> it fucks a topographical map of Utah. <laughs> but, um... I also I love that little scene where he's got that bullet hole in his arm. He's like, "Motherfucker!" <laughs> you know, I, just, I don't know why it's just so funny to me. You know, but it's like, um, it's great. I I I, I don't know. Like, I, I'm interested to see what Fox. I mean, aside from Ivan Ood's Apocalypse, I'm, I'm interested. To see, <laughs> I'm interested. To, I'm interested to see what Fox does with X Men because, like, um, I mean, Fantastic Four is Fantastic Four, but um, so so Deadpool is inside the X Men universe, right? Because Colossus correct. is in it. Correct. Okay. So but this would be this, this will be in continuity of, of what else is what else is going on after the Days of Future Past reboot. Yeah, or yeah, theoretically, yeah. Yeah, because Day, Days of Future Past pulled a Star Trek and rebooted what happened from the 1960s on. So that's why Gene is still alive. That's why Wolverine has his adamantium claws back. Um, right. Because nothing that took place in X Men One, X Men Two, X Men Three, X Men Origins. Uh, the Wolverine has taken place in the new, you know, uh, past, you know, I guess uh, First Class happened. Well, I guess, yeah, First Class happened. But... Yeah, and then Days of Future Past, which I'm cool with. I'm down. Yeah, I am too. Yeah, I mean, like, because it, it's funny. There's, like, there's parts of, the, like, all those movies that I like, and there's parts of it that I hate. I mean, X-Men 2 was pretty much almost perfect. Um, and, I mean, it had real consequences. They kind of, you know, had some more development of the character. They became a proper team. You had some really cool stuff with Matt. That part with Magneto's not playing by the rules. By your rules, only the Charles. And that was just, that was perfect. You know what I mean? Um, and I mean, I, I know you and I both had kind of beef of Magneto being a serial McCallum when he first was casted. We didn't know any better. But I, I do, I love him in X-Men 2. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, and I, I'm okay with it now, but like, I do like this new Magneto. What's that? Um, I do like this new Oh yeah, yeah, Michael, whatever the hell his name is. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the best with names. So. But um, but yeah, I think that like, I, I think that you know, I, I want to see. I, I'm glad. I don't think that we would get this particular Deadpool if Disney didn't do it. Maybe I think you know, I mean, Disney has had a rated R movie in the past, so it's not outside the realm of possibilities. But but is it, what what was it? Ah. Uh, because I think all of their stuff that was past PG is under the Touchstone flag. Because, like, that was Disney's adult line. Um, but I don't think that, like, I don't think under a Disney-owned Marvel, I don't uh, think we'll Touchstones, ever see- Miramax, yeah. But there was a 1986 company... Name charge, uh, all these big companies that are just, you know, down and out like Mattel's Touchstone. I know yeah. there was, that I know there was one. Because I think that Marvel, they're playing a little bit closer to the Disney brand. Because, like, you know, they're talking about Marvel theme parks and all this shit. Like, I think they have, like, there's a Marvel store at Disney. Like, I think that they're really trying to keep it under the Disney umbrella as, like, a, a, a children's entertainment. And I don't think we would have gotten this Deadpool movie there. I, I I think that I don't know if we would have gotten a Deadpool movie at all. But if we did get one, I don't think it would be this one. I don't think it would have this kind of like spice to it. And I think that uh, I think that's for the best. I I think that 
that the reason why we'll never see Hank Pym beat his wife, I know it was only once, I know, blah, 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 blah. But I think the reason why we'll never see that, the reason why we'll if never it's, see it. It depends if it was uh, the Ultimates. He beat her a lot in Ultimates. Um, I don't think that we'll ever see uh, Iron Man struggle with alcoholism. You know, I know people are saying this because Robert Downey Jr. wants to. But I think that even if that wasn't the case, first of all, I don't buy that. I don't give a shit about that. Let's just get into that for a second. Fuck Robert Downey Jr. if that is the truth. Okay? What, what's that? That, uh, no, I don't want to do that because it just hits a little too close to home. Is that what he said? Yeah. Like, it was some time ago. But, like, the thing is with that is that, like, fuck you, dude. Like, it's an act. It's called being an actor. It's not you. So if you can't separate yourself from the role, you're not a fucking professional, go the fuck home. I, that's how I feel about it. I'm sorry. But if, 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 if he's just saying that to hide a wider thing, which is Disney doesn't want a drunkard in a fucking movie, um, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with Robert Downey Jr.'s part in that. I'm just not okay. I just wish that wasn't the case. Because I think that's one of the most interesting things about Iron Man is like for all of his brilliance, for all of his technological savvy, for all his know-how, the one thing he has a struggle beating, the one thing he doesn't quite know how to beat is fucking addiction. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just think that's a, I just think that's that's an interesting dynamic, and it plays to the strength of what Marvel is, which are fucking realistic, you know, characters. Like it's you know it's everyday humans with real everyday problems that do fantastic things. It's not you know it's not DC where the Olympians have come down to help. You know. Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't know, man. I. I... I mean, do we still need that? I mean, we kind of had it in, in Iron Man 2. The drunk uh, nah. Not, not enough for you? Nah, nah. Being, be... being drunk at a party is not fucking alcoholism. It's called I, I hear you. I hear you. But, I mean, we did have a glimpse into him kind of losing losing control. We had, um, we, saw, we, we, we had a glimpse of him being intoxicated, yes. Yeah. I'm There's a difference. Saying... Like, I, I've, I've been drunk, you know, plenty of times and done ridiculous shit and things I've regret and everything else, but I've never, like – know been like first thing in the morning like i need to drink just to get out the gate yeah you know that's just a, it's a different it's a different ball of wax there and i just think it's unfortunate it, you know who knows why it's not happening it could be it could be a number of reasons but my suspicions are that it's you know you know disney doesn't want mickey mouse running around with a drunk iron man <laughs> <laughs> maybe Hey, I'm looking Put up that, bottom, uh, that, that that rated R thing. I, I'm per, I'm almost positive it was, like, it was like an 80 movie that Disney made under the Disney banner that was rated R, but I think they must have scrubbed it from the from the internet because it's saying that 86 the takedown, um, and the black hole were PG let's say they, in their first PG let's, movies. Let's even say that that's the case. They're still trying to hide the fact that they had it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean so so down and out in Beverly Hills. Was Touchstone. Ruthless People was Touchstone. That was all red R. Um, and I think the Beverly Hills Cop. But Touchstone is not a. Uh, it's it, it's it's a Disney owned company, but only people that are like kind of savvy about that kind of shit really know that. Yeah. You know, everybody knows that it's supposed to be rated R. Now, now Pirates of the Caribbean was PG thirteen, which has been very well. All, all the most of the Marvel movies are. Yeah, I mean, that was their their first one that oh. you know kind of you know outside of the G rating. I do think that like wasn't it like Snow White like originally rated R, and they changed it to like Grease Somebody's Palms. Really, it was like a young woman like living in the Seven Men. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, I want to. I, 
I want to say that maybe that was the case. Like it's original. Maybe that's it. it it's original rating was R, but that could be like an old, you know, old wives' tale or something like that. You know what I mean? Old urban legend. Disney's fault for making a movie about a whore. My least favorite princess, Ferris of the Mall. Whatever. JK. JK. Um, next week, I think we are going to talk about uh, women in comics a bit, and you know, just you know, tackle the. Uh, Spider Woman and we're gonna, drama. We're gonna piss a bunch of people off. Yeah, I I will say one thing, guys. Um, you know, you know, just to give you guys a little insight to, to how how Bobby and I operate, I will say that I'm a little right of center and Bobby's a little left of center. We're probably the, the same distance from the center away. And like, yeah, if you pull out, we kind of look like the same dude. Um, so to speak. So to speak. Yeah, <laughs> with our with our views, you know, and but like I. The only thing that I'm outraged about right now is, is outrage in general. It's just general, unfathomed outrage. You know, <laughs> yeah. I like it, being sick of sickness isn't being sick of all at all. And um, yeah, I, I'm outraged by meaningless outrage. Like everybody's a fucking crybaby nowadays. And, you know, I, yes, I use the term crybaby because a child that cries a lot, which is a baby, it's, it's not doesn't a, have any doesn't have any fucking reason. Yeah. It doesn't have any fucking reason, and that's why they cry. It's the only it's the only it's the only emotion they're mature enough to express. Descriptive term to describe an act of ignorance and not hateful of all babies. You don't have babies protesting us. <laughs> well, did, did you hear about that line that just killed the? Uh, it just killed some like uh, what are they called? The guys that take people out on tours in Africa. It's like the same wildlife preserve that Cecil Lyon was killed, and like the lion killed the, the tour guide. Oh, even Stevens. I know, right? Like. Like, like, are we gonna start protesting lions now? What if I, I wish that lions <laughs> killed like two of them? You know, like two humans. Yeah. And then you saw like a bunch of lions like protesting. Like for every one you take of ours, we'll take two of yours. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so funny, dude. So funny. Lion, lion lives matter. Yeah, man. Um, you know, and, and like for for that that fucking argument that there's not you know comic books or or uh. Poor, poor female self-image. Yeah, you point me to the fat superhero, fat overweight jalopy superhero that have a six-pack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I want to save this. I want to save this. Um, okay. Right. I want to save this for next week. I know, trust me, I get confused when I talk about it. But I mean, just real quick, uh, both Adam and I, bet- between us, have five daughters. Yeah. Um. So a positive role model and positive self-image for women is something that that we are knowledgeable and sensitive to, um, but we just don't think that necessarily putting a woman in provocative clothing or putting a woman in a provocative pose is a negative self-image for women, yeah. especially at the, at the strength of that character. Sexuality is a strength, and if a woman knows how to manipulate that, i.e. a black cat, i.e. a silver child, then um, uh, it, it, it's not like those two are ladies that are being taken advantage of because of their sexuality. Yep. You know? And all and all five of our daughters are named after comic book characters. Yep. So, that all. Yep. And Star Wars characters. Yeah. yeah. Um. So. But yeah. So uh, anyway, just to just try to wrap up collecting before we before we check out of here. Um. We uh you know we we were collecting a lot of the like he said DC Direct stuff which was um uh the the company formerly known as uh, or the company previously known for DC collectibles. And uh, he kept his in box, and I didn't. And he sold his, and I did 
mine as well, actually, in the end. Yeah. Um, and then, like, we, we, had, we, we have a ton of tons of collections. But as of right now, what collections do you still carry? Well, I do have a, a little splash of Transformers. I have three masterpieces. <laughs> so sad. I gotta get you. I gotta get you your first third party. I, dude, I, I love. I love to have a third party. I love to have a third party. Um, I uh, I still have a couple. You know, Star Wars lightsabers. Um, I'm. You know, I, I do. I'm excited about Star Wars now. I, you know, pretty good graphic graphic novel collection. I have a couple of the absolute books. Um, I do have a couple of DC Direct statues. Um, and I do mean a, a couple. And I also just purchased, or I put money down for a Hot Toys 1-6 scale DeLorean from Back to the Future, which I cannot wait. Uh, it actually will be arriving right around my birthday, so it'll be perfect. Nice. Yeah. Um, for those, and I, I bought it from, is it side, was it Sideshow? I think I bought it from Sideshow. Yeah, that's who, that's who owns the distribution rights to Hot Toys. Okay. I, I will say, guys, that it's, it's, it's a hefty investment. I mean, it's, it's an expensive unit. Uh, but I went to Sideshow because I was like, man, I want to get this, but it's too expensive. And they actually had a interest-free kind of layaway payment plan thing. And I'm like, wait a minute, I can throw 60 bucks at this thing and get it, and, and I'll have it paid off by the time it's released? Okay, I could do that. So that's what I did. It's just, you know, 60 bucks coming out of my out of my uh, toy account that I have. You should um, let me review it. I will. I will. I will definitely let you review it. Absolutely. Um, and then I have a special setup. Uh, I'm not so much into the video games anymore. I did buy Arkham Knight. That was probably the first PS4 game I got. I did get PS4 on a pretty, uh, you know, private sale, pretty cheap, uh, simply for that Batman game. I'm a Batman fan enough that I'll buy. I spent $200 on the system just to be able to play that game. Um, but you know, my biggest collection obviously is is my 40k stuff, uh, which I would be probably embarrassed to tell how much I've spent on that. I'm sure tens of thousands of dollars easily, uh, and I have a, a pretty dedicated 40k room. For those of you guys are interested, check out the Beer and Boulders 40k. Hopefully, I'll, I'll have some more free time to do some videos on painting and collecting and army building. And I, I, I do think that you know that fandom does strike some different aspects of my personality. From the storyline is great, the characters are involving, the artistic thing of me painting, building models is great camaraderie of inter- interacting with somebody else right there in your presence, uh, the collecting aspect of it, and actually, you know, reading the books um, that come along with, you know, sort of the fluff is, is very engaging. And actually, you know, recently I picked up the uh, the Earth One Batman Volume Two, um, which I will save to talk about the next episode. We're going to try to do a couple little reviews, uh, and of course, I, you know, that uh, that Superman book I, I discussed today. I just picked that up yesterday for my homework. And uh, we will be, you know, hitting it back and forth on some reviews here in the in the near future. But that's pretty much, you know, the solid part of my collecting right now. I sold majority of my my DC uh, collectibles. I still think I have my my Alex Ross stuff that I haven't put up yet. My um, uh, what's it called? Kingdom Comes uh, figures, which were the first one, which nobody really wants. They've been re-released. And lots of Lucy's. That's what we call loose comic books. Don't buy those anymore. Sixth grade through graphic novels and uh, trade paperbacks. And I sold all but three of my master replicas lightsabers. Uh, Hasbro has that now. Am I, if I'm not correct, the license to do those. Um, so I do have a funny thing about collecting. If if there is a cap on the collection, like if it ends, 
once I'm done collecting, I don't want it anymore. It's all about the hunt for me. So when Master Replicas like lost a license to do it, and they weren't making it anymore, I was like, oh, well, yeah, I don't want these anymore. And then also, I think, I think my love affair with Star Wars had kind of abruptly ended. I think the final straw was was the animated series movie that we saw in the theater. Yeah, we're gonna talk about we're gonna oh, spend so, the whole episode talking about Star Wars. So bad. And, and the, the, the funny thing is, is that like people who know me, we did some some college projects back in the day. Should we, shall we not talk about those? <laughs> Which Star, one? What was that? The Star Wars, the Star Wars movies. No. <laughs> Should that be super secret? I don't think it needs to be super secret. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. T- if, if somebody finds, they find it. But like. Like some some guys at work found out about that and like shared it among themselves and they like so everybody thinks I'm a huge Star Wars fan and now that like it's funny now now these same guys you know ten years ago who were like oh that's so silly that's so dumb now everybody's going hey so I heard about Thanos and you know yeah be and like and now everybody's like oh hey what about like Episode Eight and I'm like dude like listen man I don't you know I don't even really like Star Wars anymore I mean don't get me wrong you know Empire will still be my favorite Star Wars movie ever um, you know. Return of the Jedi will still be one of the, the classic memories from my childhood. Um, but, you know, I, I'm not, I don't consider myself a really big Star Wars fan. I mean, I think George Lucas has done, done you know, people a disservice with, with one, two, and three. Uh, but then again, and I, I do have this argument. I, I, I think that, you know, a lot of people say, well, it's his movie. He, he has the right to do what he wants. And I, I disagree with that. I think that. I do too. When you make a, cult, when you make a cultural change like that and you start something like that, um, you, you give it away to the world. The world accepts it, and at that point, you have some kind of you do have a responsibility for that mythology that you've created. Um, but I do it, think that we should spend um, we should do an episode for this show where we spend half the episode bashing everything that we hate about the movies, and then do the other half the things we like about. So we, we spend a season of this show bashing the prequels. <laughs> well, you know what I mean? Like, just, <laughs> just just to be forced to see what, you know, because, like, there is some good stuff in the prequels. Yeah. Um, but just to be forced to kind of remind ourselves about it, to talk about it, you know, especially with this other movie getting ready to come out. I think that that would be a cool episode. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So, um, I, um, well, yeah, where are I, you at with, with the collection stuff now? I have a... Transformer collection that's that's pretty substantial, and I have a, a comic book graphic novel kind of collection that's that's pretty significant, and then I have a Marvel Legends collection that's kind of just a year underway, but I've made some leaps and bounds within, and then I have I, like I wasn't a big fan of the way the Toy Biz Marvel Legends look. Um, actually, Adam tried to get me into them, he didn't want to buy them. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, years uh, ago, but it was something about those those hip joints that just threw me for a loop. Like those, you know, I jointed and all that. Well, in 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 my defense, you were looking for the next the next collection. I'm always looking for the next. Yeah. So it wasn't. I was like, hey man, buy these so I can look at them because I don't want to spend money on myself. It's like, man, I'm thinking about doing. It. I'm like, yeah, man, you should do it. You should be all I in. Have a, a full retard. <laughs> I, I have a small statue collection, and then I have a um, and I have a uh, uh, a very humble. 25th anniversary or whatever it is, G.I. Joe collection. I think, I would say you have a moderate statue collection. In, okay. In, in bus collection. I'll take it. Yeah. But the uh, the G.I. Joe collection, it came to a screeching halt because as I was collecting them, like I'm a big Dreadnoughts fan. I've always liked them. I kind of like gangs. Like, it's like, a, you know, I love the Stunicons from G1 because I always thought they were kind of like a gang. Um, so like, I, I love the Dreadnoughts and I wanted to get them all. And Zorana, 
I ended up finding out that she was an SDCC exclusive and goes for about 200 bucks. Yeah. And the most I've ever spent for a three and three quarter figure ever, ever was 35. Um, so that would be a big leap for me. And I just don't yeah. do it. And it kind of took the wind out of my sails for collecting online. You know what I could wish we could do on this podcast is like, you know, we don't get us wrong, guys. We both have some disposable income, obviously, because we buy a bunch of fucking toys. But it's not like we just willy nilly, you know, you know, making it rain with the cash. We we do wheel and deal, and and uh, we're pretty aggressive with the with the guys at the conventions. You know what I mean? Like yeah, we, used to, we used to be anyway. Well, we used to be, yeah. Um, and you know, like I, you know, how much are these ten? I'll give you seven. I'll get them all. I was like, oh, yeah, man, yeah, I, yeah, I, that, I gotta that, do that, ten. That, I was that like, was well, fucking, that was our punchline, though. Yeah, and like, I was like, well, you, know, you can like, take, it, you can pack these back up, and save yourself, you know, a half an hour worth of trip. Well, or not even that. Not even. I that. could take them. <laughs> I'll, I'll take them all. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, like, because guys don't want a wheel and deal when it's one figure. You know what I mean? But we'd be like, uh, well, I'll do one for seven, but I'll get them all. Yeah. And you just see motherfuckers like, oh, you're gonna get all, every one of them. Yep. Um. So yeah, like, uh, and I have a. Uh, I have a Play Arts Kai collection, um, which is pretty much limited to DC and Marvel, although there is a Star Wars figure in there and a uh, Watchmen figure in there, which I guess is DC. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Marvel. Um, yeah. And let's see what else. Or Disney. Yeah, well, Marvel owns the the, uh, the, the comic rights to it. Star Wars? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, Dark Horse had to get rid of it after Disney bought it. Oh. Um, well, I don't know. IDW is doing a pretty kick-ass job. Yeah, it's true. Um, but anyway, the uh, and I have like a small SH Fig Wars collection. I have a lot of fun collections. I have a fucking Marvel Universe collection. I have a DC Universe collection. I, like, I, I have a, I have a, I have a lot of like little collections. Yeah, you were actually pretty fortunate where you you were able to keep the majority of your collections from childhood that were in possession of your father. Yes. I have a lot of my mask stuff too. Yeah, Papa Skullface was pretty squid away and storing and preserving. Well, and he was also like that was a big part of why he bought me shit. You know, like I had a like I had to keep take care of my shit. Yeah, absolutely. Like that was a that was a big part of yeah, it was a big part of coming growing up in my house. Like you had to, and it worked. <laughs> yeah, you had to be responsible and accountable for your shit. Yeah, hey, I didn't don't, wanna... don't forget you do have a forty k a little bit of forty k collection. I do, I do. I have a, I have a Blood Angel army. I have a orc. Uh, space work army, and I have a, uh, a small tier one. Yeah. I'm gonna try to be removing that from him at one point. I don't want to play with his orcs. I told you, the, I told you the key. I know. Yeah. We'll see. Um, I've been looking. Well, on the hunt. Yeah. You can borrow my collections, and I'll borrow your scenery. Yeah. But, you know, maybe we can cut a deal. Yeah. Um. So, absolutely. Well, I, I guess we're gonna be wrapping up. I got a couple questions to audience so they can mull over and discuss it here in the future. Okay. So the first one is what do you think about Batman actually killing people? And if there's a you know there's some conversation that you know uh, in this new version of Batman v Superman uh, you know that might be a possibility that you know when he has to kill somebody like in the earlier comic books um, like in some of the Frank Miller stuff and actually there's a great little uh, YouTube video out um, that's called the Batman Body Count from the movies from from the 
1989 movie all the way to, I believe, Batman Begins. Or no, I'm sorry, to The Dark Knight. Yeah. And, and I think the body count between those six movies is like 58 that Batman obviously kills. You know, like, they're, I mean, even in The Dark Knight where they make such a big deal about it, yeah, he kills Harvey Dent. <laughs> yeah, that one is crazy. Well, I mean, even the one where the Batmobile slams into that dump truck, you know what I mean? Like, you know, and, uh, oh, it actually does go to the Dark Knight Rises because he, he shoots and kills a guy in the truck with a bomb and he kills Talia, you know? Um, so, I mean, it's it's clear that uh, those people are, are they're being killed. Um, I still, I still don't know about that. Oh, I mean, you know, they push the vehicle, you know, into the, well, he did, he did shoot that, he did shoot that guy that killed Talia. Tied to the driver, but anyway, um, you know. But I guess if somebody's getting ready to kill, you know, several million people, shoot them with a bomb, it's justifiable. Um, and and but so you guys mull over that. You know, we're gonna think about it too and come back and have a have a dialogue on that one. So that's one. That's your first. Should should Batman, you know, be able to kill if and when? Yeah, like a free thought. Okay, so you guys mull over that. The second one is uh, is who resects you. Batwoman or Black Cat for that female fem, female femme fatale. Um, and I've been doing a little bit of research in this because, you know, uh, Catwoman really wasn't sexy until the 66 show. And then she didn't really come back as a sex symbol in the comic book until after Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh, where Black Cat um, has kind of pretty much been the same that she was in 1979. So Don't Cat- try to sell your fucking so, argument so, so Catwoman, you fucking answer it. So, so no, no. Because it, no, in 66, she was obviously a sex symbol in the show. Obviously, you know what I mean. I mean that that was that was the two actresses that portrayed her. She was definitely a sex symbol that was going wild on on Batman. Um, but back in, in the early six in the early mid fifties is really when she was when she first came in. Kind of a crazy, crazy you know, cat lady. You know, wasn't the same character went on hiatus for a very a very long time. And then she really didn't become popular again until like the early nineties. Uh, now, Selena Kyle is kind of her own thing. She's definitely a very dramatically different than she was back when she had like the purple dress and the whip and you know attacking Batman with certain things. Um, so, what do you think about that? I guess Bobby already expressed his uh, you know who he picks for that, and we're not not to stress. You know, we've already showed our hand a little bit on that one, haven't we? Yeah. Well, it wasn't <laughs> me. It wasn't me that initiated that. Hand. Um. <laughs> Hey, I'm just setting the ground. I'm just setting. I'm just setting the facts, man. Now, people might. I, I had but to do the research. You could just pose. You could have just posed the question and let that be that. Yeah, but I think people need a little history because I think that. Why? I think there's an argument there that is 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 Black Cat just a copy of Catwoman, you know? Um, and I don't think I don't think that's the case. Um, but yeah. I definitely think that you know. No, you're, you're arguing points that people haven't even made yet. Well, well, just just by the dates, man. I mean, so one was created in the '40s. This banter is how it's how we do it. Um, also, uh, time's already up. Also, comic, comic, comic book dork. Follow that guy on on Facebook. He was a, a huge motivator for uh, making this show kind of finally happen. Um, and he's a friend of like all of our shows, and I, I can speak for mine. I'll let Adam speak for his. Yeah, um, absolutely. The other show that I um, that I started uh, along with Greg for Mercy and Oscar and J Boy T Two RX Six. Uh, Lenny Decepticon, Robert D, Matthew D. Lux Baldwin. Uh, I got to make sure I got everybody. So <laughs> I don't want the like. I just recently shout out people and forgot one of them, and I got upset with them. 
correct. Oh man, it's her feeling report filled out, man. No, it wasn't her feeling. It was just like it was actually. I think it was just like, thanks for the shout out, guys. And I was like, fuck, <laughs> you know, like that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, and the Beer and Boulders crew, whenever we actually do a podcast, we will be doing some podcasts, guys. We just had some scheduling conflicts that will hopefully be resolved here pretty shortly. Um, so no worries there. Uh, we will actually have a uh, standard day to record, which will be the first time forever. Uh, I'm used to ha- I used to have a regular schedule, so we will always kind of go from there, too. And that will be Shadowcast Uncovering Your Transformer Needs with the Beer and Boulders for your 40K and uh, a little bit of fantasy here and there. Every, every once in a while we square. We can't even call it square base anymore, right? So. I do think that we we do get a little more liberal than you guys. You guys really are disciplined in staying on the uh, transformer stuff. Every once in a while, maybe a, spin, a smidgen of uh, Smash the Universe, maybe GI Joe. That's in there too. Comics um, too. Every once in a while, especially every, like, yeah, every once in a while. Yeah. After so, uh, the movie comes out, or it's about to come out. Yeah. Uh, lots of Paul Rudd love on that podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you guys have some great uh, voices. God, have you seen the uh, the pictures that uh, James C has been? Jackass wall of Paul Rudd. No, which one? The one like he's in the bed sheets, like naked. Yes, and they're all like saying like "Good morning, Oscar" and stuff like this. Like he does it like all the time. They're fucking awesome. <laughs> Definitely. Oh uh, man. So yeah, why well, you know? Don't, hey, Oscar, don't hate on, on Paul Rudd, man. He's a solid dude. I know. I know. So, he's all right. I know. Solid. Dude. Ant-Man. Ant-Man is Ant-Man. Yeah. So do we have a sign off for this shit yet? Uh, not yet. Oh, uh, we're sorry. Yeah. There wasn't enough rage in this episode. I think no, we well, our, our rage. This is, just, this is just introductory. Intro, yeah. If, if we if we would have started it before uh, uh, Fantastic Four, we could have had a rage. That, I wasn't that rageful about Fantastic Four, but I'm sure I'm, I'm sure there's something out there that's going to make you rageful here soon. Um, well, I think there's a, I, there's there's been so much like like the it, to me the stuff that's happened regarding Fantastic Four after Fantastic Four has come out is what's really interesting. Maybe I haven't been following it as much. Um, oh my god! I even listened to uh, shout out to Kevin Smith. Like he has a podcast called Batman on Batman, and um, he had a now. he had a four part uh, interview with Tract or whatever his name is, the guy that directed it. This, uh, yeah. The you know, and they only did three out of four because the fourth one was supposed to come out after the movie came out, mm-hmm. and uh, obviously he was probably didn't want to talk a whole lot about it in that week. Um, but it's interesting to listen to him talk about that movie and then see the movie, read about the tweet he put out, read about Fox's reaction, read about his reaction to Fox, blah, 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 read all that stuff and then listen to these podcasts, you know, and, and, you know, in, you know, in concert with, with all that and, you know, how he's like, you know, so optimistic about it and thinks he's going to, you know, whatever. And then you hear about this, this email he sent out to the cast. Did you hear about this? No, no. The night before the movie came out, and then we'll get out of here, we promise. The night before the movie came out, we'll talk about Fantastic Four next week. It's four years. The, the night before the movie came out, he put out an email to like the casting director. He's like, I'm really proud of this movie. I'm really proud of you guys. Thanks for being a part of it. Like a really good email for a director to put out to like a casting crew. Like, I think we've made one of the best comic book movies of all time. Mm-hmm. This is the day before the movie came out. He got, a, he, he got an email back from one of the members of the casting crew, and nobody's willing to say who it was, that said, I don't think so. <laughs> Oh man, uh, I, I would love to see the extra footage and the behind the scenes if they ever did that. Well, Fox yeah. has already put out a lot of it. Yeah, I, and, and they said they're going to make another one, man. They're already moving forward to make a sequel. Yeah, so, I, read, I read that too. But 
you know, I, th- I think I think that that is just propaganda. Yeah. I think that that is just, oh, we're still proud of it. We're, we're moving ahead. Like, you guys have seen nothing yet. You know, yeah. like, you know, you know, like, please make back some of this money. Please, please, please. God damn it. Yeah, yeah. Um, At least they didn't make a video game for it, so. Yeah, that's true. We're okay. So, guys, uh, we're going to be signing off, and, uh, you know, I'm not going to say suck at neck beers or, or shut the fuck up, Chip. So, if you have an idea for the way we close this out and normally offensive ways that we go about doing things, uh, let us know. And I guess, do you have an email address yet? Uh, we do not, and we'll have a. We do have a Facebook. Um, look up the Nerd Rage podcast on Facebook. I think there's already a Nerd Rage podcast, but they've stopped doing podcasts for two years now. So uh, we're the one with like zero likes. That's us. <laughs> and um, and also our our YouTube channel, which is the Fanboy Channel, because we're going to be covering a lot more than just the show on there. Um, and that's if we can figure out the login to it. Yeah, um, we'll figure it out. And and uh, yeah, you can. I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be a good outlet for both of us to just uh, vent and relax and not feel as much stress. Absolutely. Actually, we might, we might have to already change the name because there's a Nerd Rage podcast that just came out with an episode in January. So. It might be the same one. They, just, oh, okay. they, but they haven't done one since then, though, right? Is that like a cat? Uh, no. The Return of the Podcast, which is a month ago. <laughs> oh, How about Comic Nerd Podcast? How about Comic Nerd Rage? We'll figure it out. Yeah, that's we, good. We have to go back and edit this part of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> These dickheads, they don't even know what to call themselves. Fucking um, asshats. Yeah, it'll be fun. All right, fellas. Take care. <laughs>